Blog Talk Radio. probably the best one that I can come up with that really explains everything in fine detail about the end of days. And uh, you just can't refute it. So if you miss it and you don't listen to it, then that's your fault because uh, I will refuse to get any more debates about this type of stuff. This pretty much outlines everything, and it's a, you just can't deny it. So uh, it's a little long, but believe uh, it's worth it. Hey, we were made in God's image. Our achievements surpassed imagination. Our creations marveled. But our hearts are not pure. So, in the pursuit of greatness, we build our empires upon death and suffering. But the world we shaped could never last. In the end, we brought wrath upon ourselves. And I was there. And the skies opened, and fire rained down from the heavens. I witnessed a new leader rise from the ashes, promising peace. But only death came. Now, as the world wages war, I hide. I see the innocent of blood. 
because there were those that knew these things were coming. Speaking of prophecies and signs, we will be moving toward a one-world government. Maybe that's why I'm still here to warn you how the world really ends. has already ended. Well, the world you know, anyway. I remember the whispers about new world order and the end of days. Of course, who could believe in such nonsense? Or so I thought. The world wanted change. It wanted Ready to be an e-commerce pioneer? Our big and premium plugins give you the best with a new age of peace. I knew that this pursuit would usher in the very things we feared the most. Now, everything I loved is gone, and I am left with one person. Deliver a message. To testify to the truth. I know that telling you isn't enough. It never was. Truth. Who was it at one time? What is truth as it stood before him? Nothing ever changes. I'll tell you what your future holds, and I'll do my best to prove it is the truth. Not long ago, where you are now, there was a message. The warning still haunts me to this day. More should have listened. This is how it began. How will the world end? This very debate has been saturated by endless fears and For some, the topic is nonsensical. For others, the answer is clear, as millions look to ancient biblical prophecy as the answer to what lies in wait for humankind's fate. Regardless of what we believe, various states have seen the resurgence due to unprecedented global conflicts and instability. With this, however, comes new claims that the long-awaited convergence of prophesied events destined to trigger the end of our age is not only entirely real, but have finally begun. Most people agree the 
world as we know it will come to an end one day, just not in their lifetime. And even if the end was near, it could never be proven, right? So why is it that millions of people all over the world still insist that the end is upon us? Are they naive or misled by skewed religious views? Or is there a deeper understanding, whispers of truth, that have been buried in this generation that are so profound it would change the way we understand everything? But even if such evidence existed, its warnings will likely fall on deaf ears. Often, when one hears about biblical prophecy, at the end of days, as it is found within ancient scriptures, such as the book of Revelation or the Dead Sea Scrolls, many already have deeply ingrained preconceived notions. After all, haven't we heard all this before? Anything new would no doubt just be another claim regarding some astrological event or rare date as a harbinger for the end. And it's not difficult to see why so many have this perception, as endless streams of information and media are absorbed into a desensitized and instant gratification society. News organizations and corporations compete to capture greater market share through sensationalized headlines and claims that result in complex topics being broken down into eight-second explanations, replacing genuine prophetic discussions viral-worthy predictive claims that often look like this. Nations begin a new arms race in preparation for global nuclear war. Prophecy experts point to a celestial sign as the harbinger for the end. The claims of the end. Survival bunkers are now being dangerous as the experts say that a solar flare will bring down the grid. Funding glyphosate has reported a massive radiation Millions prepare for the white decay. Things are going to happen 
you know, I can say the same thing, you know, in the future, so man's going to rise up and have all incredible power, and he'll do this and that. And if I get, you know, 50% close, which odds are probably pretty good, you say, oh, well, he, he, he prophesied. But the Bible doesn't do that. The Bible gives you specifics about what's going to happen. There's a lot of prophecies that are out there. There's Maya prophecies. There's Nostradamus. And uh, there's prophecies about dead popes. There's all types of prophecies that are out there. What makes biblical prophecies so different is their accuracy. And we find them in the Bible. What's interesting about this is teaching the Bible prophecy is you're able to find out some things. Many of the prophecies have already come And when we look at the predictions or the so-called prophecies of these other religions, sure, you can have a prediction here or a prediction there, one out of 100, two out of 100, maybe three out of 100. And that's the amazing thing about biblical prophecy, is that biblical prophecy is something that you can actually study scientifically. It's actually called eschatology, where what the Bible has claimed to be prophetic, that 27% of the Bible is prophetic, that the claims that it makes, do they come to pass? Is it true what the Bible has to say? So, is it? What is the difference between the predictions that have come and gone without fulfillment versus what has been foretold in the ancient biblical scriptures? Non-biblical predictions, which is what most are familiar with, are often made by individuals with heightened public attention due to their sensational and simplified approach to claims regarding a specific approaching date or signs in the cosmos. In addition to the previous examples, there were also those that believed the world would end during the turn of the 19th century. And yet again, just a few years later, in the year 1910, with the appearance of Halley's Cup, that was publicized as a divine signal for the end of the world. But does any of this have anything to do with biblical prophecy? Actually, no. Unlike the countless vague predictions made throughout recent centuries, biblical prophecy contains an unprecedented and complex tapestry of interwoven chronological events and details that present the complete timeline of humankind from the beginning to the end. In fact, the complete ancient scriptures contain over 2,500 prophetic details which were recorded over a millennium by 40 separate authors. In fact, the records are so complete, it's the longest-running contiguous record of human history in existence, and as a result, continues to be studied by universities and independent researchers all over the world. Unlike any other record, make you come back with a community of support at Purdue Global and be more prepared than ever the scriptures precede and survive through the rise and fall of countless civilizations, including the ancient Babylonians, Egyptian, and Roman empires. As astounding as the preservation of the records throughout the ages may have been, it also continues to be proven shockingly accurate as archaeologists continue to uncover newly discovered ancient ruins throughout the Middle East along with hundreds of thousands of artifacts that directly support biblical history and fulfilled prophetic events. 
with all the prophecies that came true regarding the past. We can go all the way back to the book of Genesis, and we can see the development of the nation of Israel over the centuries. You have prophecies regarding Egypt. You have predictions regarding these various things that happened in the book of Daniel. You have the prophecies regarding the Greek Empire and the Roman Empire that came to be. And, man, they were fulfilled with 100% accuracy. All of them were. Just one example of how accurately chilling the events within the prophetic timeline are. We can look to a warning about how just one city in particular, the city of Tyre, would be utterly destroyed by Alexander the Great, recorded 200 years before it was fulfilled in the greatest of detail. The whole city would be so destroyed that it would be down to the very dust, and that he would throw all the rocks into the sea. Now, if you know the history of Tyre a little bit, you know that King Nebuchadnezzar came and he began to siege the city. But what happened is, in the meantime, while King Nebuchadnezzar was outside attacking the city, the people of Tyre decided that the only option they had was to move their whole city to a little island off the coast. Until finally, when they just gave up the city, Nebuchadnezzar got through and everything was gone. Everything of value was gone. Now, if you are a soldier of the ancient world, one of the reasons you're fighting, uh, it's not for the, the fatherland or something, you want to get those, those uh, gold plates and all the, the wonderful things that are in there. They can back in your chaos. Nebuchadnezzar left that feeling very frustrated. But what happened is years later, Alexander the Great came, and he attacked Tyre. And, of course, they would not capitulate, but he took the stones that had been left in ruins from the, the city on the mainland. He took all those, and he threw them into the, into the sea to build a causeway so that Not only did every detail come to pass, as it was foretold, but secular history confirms the entirety of this event as the prophecy was fulfilled in July of 332 B.C. You know, this is something that's very specific, talking about what's going to happen to a, very, a particular city in a particular way. It's not just this broad generality of what, you know, might happen, you know, where kind of anybody can make up these, these broad prophecies. The details surrounding how the destruction of Tyre came to pass is not the exception throughout the ancient prophetic timeline, but rather the rule. But even this, is only the tip of the iceberg. The complete prophetic timeline is so detailed and complex in structure that the passing of many events rely on previous prophecies coming to pass first, like a row of dominoes. If just one event in the timeline doesn't come to pass, the entire chronological and future sequence of events and fulfillments would completely fall apart. In this aspect, there is no other record like this in existence anywhere in the world. But to understand what this all has to do with us today and the end of the world, we first have to follow the timeline through one of the most researched and astounding sequences of prophesied events that history indisputably confirms came to pass, which still sends shockwaves 
throughout global culture and political landscapes today. A sequence that began around 2,000 years ago when Jesus of Nazareth walked the earth. Based on historical records, Jesus' birth and life is believed by various researchers to have fulfilled upwards of over 300 prophetic events and descriptions from the Old Testament records, some of which were recorded hundreds to thousands of years before Jesus first walked in Jerusalem. Even the details surrounding how he could be executed were foretold in the prophetic timeline around 400 years before crucifixions were even invented. It was during Jesus' time in Jerusalem that his disciples came to him and asked about the end of the age. They knew that if he was who he truly claimed to be, the prophesied Messiah, that he could tell them exactly what was going to happen to the empires of the earth, including Israel itself. And according to the ancient records, Jesus answered them in shocking detail. He has told us things that are going to take place at the end of days, at the end of this age. In fact, the disciples, when they ask Jesus about what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age, and he goes through and he starts to tell them all of these different things to look for. And what Jesus foretold was not what they wanted to hear. When Jesus was in Jerusalem, Jesus did not talk to the people about the empire growing the nation ruling the world. In fact, one of the most frightening things that Jesus said to the Jews was not only that the destruction of the temple would happen, but that the Israeli nation would cease to exist. It would be scattered and destroyed. Not only did Jesus provide details regarding the end of the world, speaking of concepts and global change taking place in the far future, but he also warned of events that would happen much sooner to the nation of Israel itself. He foretold of the complete destruction of Israel and the dispersal of the Jewish people to the four corners of the earth, a terrifying warning that most believe would surely never come to pass. But almost 40 years after Jesus' crucifixion in 70 AD, prophecy was fulfilled exactly as he said it would be. The nation of Israel fell by an invading Roman army led by the future emperor Titus. The Jewish temple in Jerusalem, a massive structure over 40 acres in size, was completely destroyed so that no two stones laid upon another, just as Jesus foretold, and more than one million Jews were slaughtered during the siege of the city. The small surviving remnant of the Jewish people were dispersed to the four corners of the earth. The nation of Israel was so decimated by military force that for all practical purposes, the Jewish bloodline was considered virtually dead. But following the structural rules of the prophetic timeline, there was much more to this prophecy. Decades before the destruction of Israel came to pass, it was also foretold that long after Israel would fall in the future, through utter destruction and displacement, the people would later be regathered into the original land and the nation would be reborn. In fact, Jesus himself, who often spoke in parables, gave such an example 
through the imagery of a dead fig tree coming back to life at the beginning of the end of days. Well, there's a prophecy that Jesus gave. He says, learn the parable of the fig tree. And he talks about how this fig tree, when you see it begin to blossom, that will be the generation that sees his return. A very, very significant statement. Most Bible scholars believe that imagery in the parable of the fig tree is symbolic of Israel. So Jesus himself is saying, when you see that fig tree budding, coming back to life, know that my return is near. So understanding that the fig tree that Jesus was talking about is, in fact, Israel. And they say, when it comes back, then it will be the last days. It will be the days of Antichrist. Prophecy foretells that the end of days would begin with the rebirth of Israel. But of course, this event could never happen if the nation and people were not decimated in the first place, presenting more compounding evidence as to the complexity of the ancient prophecy. But if this sequence of events wasn't miraculous enough on its own, additional prophetic details regarding how the rebirth would be fulfilled is something that would leave anyone speechless. Fetishhope has made therapy more financially accessible because there are different tiers. Uh, in Jesus 37, you have the Valley of the Dry Bones, a picture of all these bones of the Jewish people that have been scattered and separated, coming back together together as a nation. We also have uh, a prophecy in Isaiah that talks about how uh, Isaiah is startled to be told that somehow will a nation be born in a single day, asking how does that happen? How do nations just be born in a single day? As if the prospect that a decimated nation with a remnant scattered to the four corners of the earth could be reborn wasn't hard enough to believe, prophecies recorded over 2,000 years ago clearly foretold that this rebirth would occur in a single day. A seemingly optimistic view, to say the least, but sure, one that could never come to pass, as something of this nature has never happened in the history of the world. There has been no country in the history of the world that has ever been completely destroyed, scattered among all the other populations of the planet, and then reborn in their original homeland, with their original language, with their original heritage intact. But after 1,800 years, the impossible happened. On May 14, 1948, after the Holocaust and the end of World War II, the nation of Israel was reborn, and the Jewish people once again had a land to call home. The action was ordered by the United Nations, and was the first and only time the UN had created a new state by way of a General Assembly vote. We want to see the time come when we can do the things in peace that we have been able to do in war. If we can put this... What we find is in 1948, May 14th, Israel becomes a nation. Again, this is unheard of. Never has a nation been out of its land for about uh, 1,800 years and then comes back as a people group. It just doesn't happen. They, they become assimilated and they become part of the rest of, of the world. But as miraculous as this event was, this is far from the happy conclusion one might expect. It is merely a milestone within the prophetic timeline that continues on through the end of days. 
foretold as a sign for things to come. I believe the greatest sign uh, of our time is the rebirth of the Jewish nation. Uh, the last time that there was such a thing as Israel, uh, Jesus Christ himself was walking on the earth. And there are many prophecies that, that talk about in the latter years, in the latter days, God would regather his people from the four corners of the world. The prophecies warn that when Israel is reborn, all of the remaining events within the scriptural timeline will come to pass during what is described as the last generation. There's a lot of Bible prophecy teachers that believe the generation that saw the rebirth of Israel based on the illustration of the fig tree. They believe that those who see the, the rebirth of the nation of Israel in 1948, then that generation of people who will see the second coming of Christ. What's interesting about Psalm 102, uh, when the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall return in his glory. Well, Zion is a spiritual name for Jerusalem. Jerusalem is being rebuilt right now. And the Lord says he's going to appear in his glory as Jerusalem is being reestablished and rebuilt. And he says this will be written for the generation to come. And that Hebrew word uh, that is used and translated into English, uh, to come, means the last generation, means the end, or the terminal generation. So according to the prophetic timeline, our final hours have already begun, triggered by the rebirth of a nation that is quickly becoming a focal point for global conflict. So I say this generation will by no means pass away until all these things are fulfilled. And that is why we look to Israel as a major sign that we're in the last days. So if, for example, if the definition of the last generation is a person born on May 14, 1948, all of these remaining prophecies will be fulfilled before the end of that person's lifetime. So, how long is a generation? This is one of the more debated topics in eschatology amongst researchers which the ancient prophecy define a generation in the last days as being around 80 years, and in some examples, as long as 120 years. Surprisingly, though the scriptures were written thousands of years ago, these time frames for a generation appear to coincide with exactly what modern medical science defines as one's average to maximum lifespan today, something that was not always the case. For example, only a few hundred years ago, during the medieval age, the average lifespan was only around 35 years. What we do see developing is Israel definitely a nation again. And, and that is really the key. I, I don't believe it's necessary to go to a, a position of, well, it's 80 years or 20 years or 40 years from 1948 or 100 years. Just understanding that we are in the last days because Israel is a nation again. God is gathering the Jews back from the north, the south, the east, and the west. So if we are indeed living in the last generation, as prophecy claims, then it stands to reason that we are far closer to the end of the world 
In fact, many of the conflicts we see today are associated with the threat of global terrorism and the threat of attack that could potentially take place in any nation at any time. Unlike regional wars, this new growing threat now affects nearly every person on Earth and in many aspects directly relates to the unprecedented concept of humankind living in a state where peace is dissipating from our societies and being replaced by fear. The more uh, these, these radical terrorists spread around the world, the more people are becoming afraid. I mean, TSA has security, massive security at all the airports. They're afraid that bombs are going to go off in elementary schools, in churches, in buses. And so the more this happens, the more peace is being removed. Things are getting worse. And we are beginning to see a global outcry for the governments of the world to work together in order to provide peace and safety, foreshadowing the need for dramatic change. But often, change comes through necessity. And according to the sequence of remaining prophecies, that necessity is coming very soon. Is the world really coming to an end? That's what you want to know, right? Or maybe you're just killing time. I hope not. That's the last thing you have. Everything you've seen so far is your past. Things you should already know. And those warnings about war and rumors of war. It's all true. Things changed quickly in those final years. There were so many conflicts in those days that people stopped keeping track. Peace was something that now existed only in history, replaced by illusions of progress. We were consumed by a blindness. Other generations might have noticed but not us, not the terminal generation. Conflict and change is what we were all born into. Isn't this normal? Isn't this just the way life is supposed to be? Even as the world began to spiral out of control, how could we have known that this was only the beginning of time? Everything from this point on is your future.
overwhelming detail. It's as if the event was recorded by an eyewitness, shockingly naming countries, describing political coalitions and reasons why the conflict will begin in the first place, and chillingly, the fact that this conflict will last only one day. The additional details surrounding this future event is presented in such detail that it terrifies many theologians, not because of the horrific events surrounding this particular conflict, but rather because many believe the drums of war for the start of this conflict can already be heard. The details, written over 2,000 years ago, name Iran, Syria, Libya, and surprisingly Russia, as coming together in the last days to attack Israel. Only a few decades ago, the scenarios surrounding this war stumped theologians as the idea of nations such as Russia allied with Iran to attack Israel appeared politically improbable, if not impossible. But in this last generation, things have changed. Russia, of course, has a very strong Islamic presence in its southern republics. And there are some who believe that it may just involve the southern republics of Russia. Other Bible scholars believe it's Russia itself that will join Iran and some other countries involved in attacking Israel, one of those being Libya. What's interesting over the last couple of years since the death of Muhammad Gaddafi is Libya has also gone more Islamic and that you could see how an Islamic nation like that would be involved in an attack on Israel. Actually, in recent decades, Russia has increasingly embraced an anti-Western stand of many political and economic policies and continues to build deep relations with the very nations listed in the scriptures, including Iran. In fact, Russia has even recently used Iranian military bases to launch airstrikes in the Middle East. Nations are working together to build new Iranian nuclear power plants and centrifuges. Russia is also known to have provided stockpiles of missiles and weapons to their numerous Islamic and anti-Israeli allies. This is definitely an alarming sequence of political events that many today could never have predicted. And yet, thousands of years ago, this was foretold to happen even before such common interest found amongst these allies, such as worldviews formed by Islam, and the united front to stand against the newly formed Israel even existed. Because of this, we can now easily see why nations such as Iraq, Syria, and Libya would be involved in this war. But why Russia? Though they do have a growing Islamic presence within the nation, it's clearly not as influential as we see within other Islamic states. Surprisingly, though, the scriptures actually tell us why. Nations are set up exactly as God said they did. The reason for the war is this leader in Russia who recognizes Israel has something called thunder. Israel has something that the leader of Russia wants. And I believe, and I know many Bible prophecy teachers have believed this for, for a number of years, that's going to be related to energy. There seems to be a lot of truth to this, 
Recently, Israel discovered massive pockets of natural gas, a binding that could potentially shift economic power from Russia and several Islamic states in the region to Israel. Currently, we recognize that Russia supplies almost all of the gas for Europe. You know, the leader of Russia threatened, you know what, I'm going to shut off your gas supply this winter if you don't supply with me. But Israel now has discovered a massive gas supply, one of the largest the world has ever has ever come across. And it appears that there are negotiations right now, Israel is in negotiations to possibly supply Europe through Cyprus. If that were to happen, if Israel were to start supplying Europe with gas, I could only imagine what the leader of Russia would do. Far-fetched. Dr. Lee, there have actually been times that Russia has indeed threatened to reduce or turn off gas supplies to various countries for political leverage. And history teaches that wars are often waged over natural resources, including the United States invaded Iraq in the 1990s to gain greater control over oil production. In fact, in an unpredictable world, modern businesses rely on strong in-house counsel and modern... Not only could Israel's growing energy sector directly begin to affect the Russian economy, many Middle East nations, especially Iran, would see this as a direct threat to national security. So it stands to reason that a preemptive attack that involves Russian support in some form can easily come to fruition. But with all of the wars and rumors of wars occurring in these last days, why does the prophetic timeline emphasize this conflict in particular? What makes this war such a crucial piece to the end-of-day scenario? And the way it's described in Scripture as happening in a single day, where this conflict is resolved in a single day, and the way Ezekiel 38 describes this battle with fire and brimstone destroying those who come against Israel, including those in the coastline. And when this fire comes, you have the people who are coming against Israel instantly dropping their weapons. And this idea that it's instant death. <laughs> you need to be thinking very much of a nuclear type vaporization where people are being impacted by a nuclear blast. Uh, and so we very well may have the first instance of nuclear weapons being used in Scripture. Nuclear war, an event that has never occurred between the Middle Eastern nations at any time in history. This conclusion by many eschatologists isn't as sensational as you may believe, especially when considering what the Scriptures describe as taking place after this war comes to an end. What's interesting is Ezekiel 38 is one of the few places in the Bible that describes the post-battle scenario where they are told to leave the bodies for seven months. No one is to touch the bodies for seven months, and then the professionals are to come and gather the bodies. But there may be some type of nuclear contamination that's involved because of the types of the equipment and the, the, the um, fact that the people who come in to do the cleanup, they can't do the cleanup right away. That sounds very much like a WND manual for how you should treat a biological nuclear weapon conflict. And that's not all. The place where at least one blast is foretold to occur 
where bodies are left for seven months after the population is wiped out by instant death is also named in the ancient scriptures, a place that is said will never be inhabited again, a city that prophecy states will become a heap of ruins. Damascus, Syria. We're looking at a time where today, Damascus is a city of well over a million people. Yet the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 17, verse 1, that there will come a time in the last days where it says something will happen in Damascus that it will render Damascus uninhabitable forever. It will change the geopolitical situation uh, forever. It is not difficult to imagine the inevitable global outcry after such an event occurs, breaking the proverbial straw to implement new policy changes that will prevent such an act from ever happening again. But even this is only the beginning of the end. While telltale signs for expanding wars and rumors of wars shape nations around the world, there is yet another layer of prophecy that is simultaneously converging before our eyes. One that already directly affects you. The global financial system. The stability of our systems is already a grave concern for most governments around the world and often supersedes the fears of any modern-day war. After all, money is the one thing that truly controls every aspect of our world, including the ability to wage war and care for growing populations. So if wars and rumors of war wasn't dire enough, what the scriptures say regarding the world's economy during the last days is even worse. In various ancient records that make up the prophetic timeline, including those found within the Book of Revelation and the Dead Sea Scrolls, it warns that when peace is removed from the earth, the last generation would witness global economic collapse. Prophetically, the scriptures do talk about the economic situation of the planet. Uh, what it essentially describes is a very, very dire situation where people can't even make enough money to buy a loaf of bread at the end of the day, where the economies all over the planet have to collapse. Everything revolves around the world's financial system. A collapse of these systems would result in the loss of the quality of life so many have become accustomed to. When it comes down to it, most would agree economic instability is a threat that far more people today fear than even the threat of radical terrorism. We're seeing a, uh, a gathering of nations uh, where economics is failing them. Uh, nations are in debt. Uh, currencies are failing. So this is a situation that we now start to see happening around the planet. The economies around the world are starting to falter. They're being artificially boistered by nations, printing tons and tons of money, not based on anything uh, that's substantial like gold, just based on the fact that we have promissory notes. The frightening truth is that the foundation and the financial structures of the world have been cracking for quite some time. And many believe that the indications for a global economic collapse have already begun. These are not isolated events, but foreshadow a future 
that many believe can no longer be avoided. But not only will the last generation experience global economic instability, decline, and eventual collapse, but that there would specifically come a day where the world economic system would completely come crumbling down in a single day. In all of human history, there has never been a situation where it was even remotely possible to have a worldwide global collapse. Never mind that this collapse could happen globally on a single day. But today, with the advent of technology, through numbers, through computers, through transferring of funds, there's nothing tangible like it existed for thousands of years. This is the only time in the entire history of the world where we have had a single worldwide economy. In fact, even a few generations ago, this concept was considered ridiculous. For example, after World War II, when the United States was booming economically, Europe was still in the Depression. Various countries and regions often went through periods of economic prosperity and decline that were mostly unrelated to the financial state of others. But today, everything has changed. We have now created the exact global financial system that the prophetic records foretold would exist in the last days. The creation of a single global economic system. And examples of just how the global economy will collapse can be seen right now. Well, you, you see a, a very minor example in our stock market and the NASDAQ and the Hong Kong exchanges so that when they have a, a very bad day and say they drop, they plummet in one day, you see the ripple effect happening around the world and all the other markets. But imagine that's not just a small plunge of a few percent, but literally an absolute collapse. That ripple effect will happen all over the planet immediately in all the countries and so that's the type of effect we're talking about. And that could not happen at any other time in human history. We see this in real-world applications every so often. A market crashes, and within 24 hours, that crash ripples across the world as each market opens until virtually all of the world's markets have plunged. Thanks to the modern-day advent of instant global communication, this results in immediate global panic. The irony is that economically, it's the pursuit of global unity through technology that in the end will be our very downfall. So the world economy is very, very fragile. And it wouldn't take too much to upset that. Uh, it wouldn't take much for the stock market to collapse and the entire economy we know and the way it works to change. There are a number of people who want to be optimistic, who think that you know, we can restructure economy, we can restructure job salaries, we can erase some of the debt. We are so far beyond that, it is not even conceivable that the debt can be repaid. Because of the amount of debt currently that exists worldwide, including the United States. Come back and get credit for the work you put in at Purdue Global. With your experience and help and the revenues of all the people of those countries, Economic collapse on a worldwide basis is absolutely inevitable. It, it really is inevitable. There's no, no possibility of it not happening. Wait. I have to tell you, I used to be just like the world. I was the world. Seeking the greatest 
pleasures and luxuries he had to offer. Immersed in the pursuit of endless celebration. Earthquakes around the world. 
something that in geological time would be statistically unprecedented if it were actually happening during what many believe is the last generation. Then in the last days, there'd be an, an increase in great earthquakes. Jesus used verbiage that means bigger earthquakes in unusual places. We're looking at things regarding, for example, greater hurricanes, greater typhoons. That in nature, you can sense that things are coming undone. And yet, if you looked at it naturally, you would say, well, this is due to global warming, or this is due to, to man's bad stewardship of the earth. But yet the Bible said as we approach the end, this is exactly what we would see. Which, by the way, that preempts man's involvement. The scriptures do tell us that earthquakes, specifically earthquakes, will increase in frequency and in intensity. Now, it describes the, the pattern of earthquakes as labor pain. Um, but the idea here is when they're describing these various birth pains, uh, a lot of it has to do with natural disaster type events like earthquakes uh, and wars and famine. Uh, and we've always had these things. So people ask, well, how is now any different than before? What you do have is, as with birth pains, if you have an increase in the frequency and in the severity at the same time as these are increasing uh, in intensity and frequency, you have a conversion of other events. And so you see we have all these things coming together at the same time. But wait a minute. Hasn't the U.S. Geological Survey, or USGS, gone on record to state that this is not occurring? that no such increase in earthquakes have been detected around the world. Because this is such a debated topic, the USGS gave a press release saying that this was not occurring. As a result, we actually decided to take the USGS data, millions of data points, spent months downloading it, analyzing it, graphing it, studying it. The results were absolutely terrifying. Despite what you may have heard in the past, this data from the USGS from over the last 100 years. Keep in mind that we're not talking about the millions of microtremors that can now be detected from the distribution of more numerous and sensitive sensors, but strictly data from the larger earthquakes that can be felt by people beginning at 6.3 and up on the Richter scale that could be easily detected by early 19th century sensors from virtually anywhere in the world. This data shows what the USGS and other organizations do not want you to see. It shows that the earthquakes are increasing in intensity and they are increasing in frequency. This is exactly the description that was prophesied. I don't believe the USGS was intentionally lying to the public. I think they are in denial of their own data. In fact, in recent years, some seismologists have even come forward to admit that in truth, there is indeed an increase in large earthquakes globally, and even revealed cases where big earthquakes are believed to have triggered additional quakes. However, many felt there was not enough of a concern to present this data through official public releases. But there is reason for concern, and even prophetic details within the scripture, insinuating that this very occurrence is the catalyst for even more unprecedented heavenly signs and events to come. Mainly, prophecies in the end of days foretell that the stars would be darkened, 
the moon would turn red as blood, and the sun would become black as if it were covered by sand. Unmistakable sun that would not be regional, but rather global in nature. But what I realized is that the moon turns blood red when you look at it through a filter of ash. And this has been well documented. And also, the sun looks like it's covered with sackcloth when it's covered with a layer of ash. So where do we see in Scripture an event that speaks about such a, a, a thing happening? Well, it's in Revelation chapter 9. Revelation chapter 9 tells us that smoke will come out like the smoke out of a great furnace, and that it's going to cover the sun and the moon and the stars. And with what one might expect from the details offered within the prophetic timeline, we are told exactly what causes these signs. Smoke that rises from the earth, caused by an increase in earthquakes that trigger unprecedented volcanism. The, the earthquake data is a precursor to something that is even far more devastating. Isaiah talks about worldwide volcanism, volcanism that puts ash in the air. It's interesting when you hear scientists talk about the eruption of Yellowstone. But is this there? It's bubbling. It's not a question of if it's going to blow up. It's a question of when it's going to blow up. And when that happens, that it's, it's so much ash will come out of it that it's going to... We understand that going to college is a big commitment. And between work, family, and everything... ...cover all of North America. It will kind of be like a nuclear winter scenario. And so it'll cover it so much that the sun will be darkened. And of course, you have ash up there, and you look up at the moon, what's it going to look like? It's going to look blood red. So we actually have, we have observations. This is called science, right? When you observe something, we can observe what happens when the moon is filtered by ash, it turns blood red. When the sun is filtered by ash, it looks like it's covered with sackcloth. And you look at the stars, you can't see them because they're just not bright enough to come through that. You can look at the pictures of the volcanic eruption that took place in Iceland, and you can see that the sun is really dark. And in addition to the thousands of volcanoes all over the world, that could potentially be triggered by an increase in magnitude and frequency of great earthquakes, the eruption of a supervolcano would also easily get the job done. And though researchers seem to place a lot of attention on the one located beneath Yellowstone National Park in the United States, it's not the only one. And not all supervolcanoes are on land either. In fact, there is another one that researchers are currently studying, and this one, named Tamu Masih, located in the Pacific Ocean, is currently the largest single volcano ever discovered on Earth. This underwater volcano is about the size of the state of New Mexico and was hiding right under our nose. What's concerning, though, is that not only are up to 90% of Earth's volcanoes believed to be located underwater, but most of them are still undiscovered. This leads to a high probability that other supervolcanoes, still unknown to researchers, are active and lurking in the depths of our ocean. The eruption of a supervolcano under the ocean is actually described in part of the prophetic timeline in Revelation. Now, if this happens, 
it will destroy a good percentage of the ocean's fish and wildlife. Chilling. During the period of wars and rumors of war, economic instability and increased earthquakes, Revelation does indeed foretell of not only signs in the heavens and disasters on land, but also one that happens underwater that is so devastating it results in the death of one-third of all sea life in the ocean. Something that even researchers in various scientific fields agree could indeed occur with the eruption of an underwater supervolcano as volcanic gas and debris will no doubt consist of massive amounts of toxic chemicals and sulfur dioxide, which is deadly to most sea life, especially as it travels with the ocean current. So what we see in the last few hundred prophecies are several frameworks coming together based on the future prophetic timeline. We see that the world is going to be embraced in fear, peace is removed from the world. We see uh, global wars popping up all over the planet and rumors of even more wars. We see economic situations all over the planet where countries are starting to collapse, where they will have to do something about it. We see uh, an increase in tectonic activity, earthquake activity around the planet. We see the precursors of all of these frameworks happening. But as all of the pieces of the prophetic puzzle converge, what is the grand picture? Where is all this leading? The prophetic timeline states that these unfolding events, the convergence of global conflicts, economic collapse, and unprecedented natural disasters, is not actually the end, but will rather complete the foundation necessary for a swift global change, unlike any other time in history. That leads to the rise of a one world government. Revelation talks about this idea that there is a type of global government. Uh, and we see in our world of instability where there's this desire to uh, link one another for safety, for security. When all of these things converge, the world will cry out for peace and safety. They will want to be protected, they will want economic freedom, they need a new world order. There's a, a sense in the world by many people that there are so many different areas currently spinning out of control. Um, Defense Secretary Chuck Hagel uh, talked about how global chaos seems to be the new norm. In other words, there's this feeling of instability. And out of instability, people often want stability. Out of chaos comes order. And so people are looking for something to give that to them. Change often comes out of necessity, and the idea of a global governance has actually been on the table for quite some time amongst world leaders, and the foundation for this new system already exists. The best example of this today is the United Nations, which was formed in 1945 as a response to World War II and the outcry to prevent such atrocities from ever happening again. It was believed that if the world can work together, we could end conflict and instability. An idea that to this very day, many leaders and elitists around the world take very seriously as the only long-term solution for humankind's survival. 
and the very concept has been changing the political landscape for decades, whether you know it or not. So the only solution, logical solution, is actually part of the prophetic timeline. It talks about a one-world order or one-world government. It doesn't mean that there's going to be one nation on Earth. All the nations will still be there, and, and, and all the presidents and all the cabinets will be there. However, there will be an overriding authority, an overriding law that will apply to every single nation. Think the idea is nothing more than a radical conspiracy theory. The system is already alive and well in the form of the European Union. Conceived and formed in the name of mainly financial stability, many European countries have united together while retaining their own leaders, cultural influences, and borders, however, adopting a universal new currency to share amongst them. More importantly, though, they created a new court system and authority that can supersede the will of each individual country. Not only is the formation of the UN and the EU the very embodiments of precisely what prophecy foretold would happen in the last days, but this model, in the name of peace, safety, and stability, will eventually be applied on a global scale. And there's a sense that we're ready for it, whereas in the past we might have been more independent, more free, but now because of the world situation, we're willing to accept a new order, a new way of doing things. But if we are living in the last days, then there must be radical political change occurring right now. And surely a superpower like the United States, which is heavily involved in world affairs, isn't partaking in such an agenda. That's what you think. Well, you would be wrong. One of the greatest overseeing authorities that you can have today is who controls the Internet. Because whoever controls the Internet controls and can limit what you say. Now, now keep in mind that almost all business transactions on the entire planet are Internet-based. So whoever controls the Internet directly or indirectly controls the world economy. So this is one step away from global financial control. The United States is often referred to as the father of the Internet. And since its inception in the late 1970s, the U.S. has virtually monopolized the development of all new web-based technology. And for the most part, defines and controls the technology and laws that govern banking systems financial transactions for all web and retail-based business, and permits freedom of speech, which is protected under the U.S. Constitution. One would think that a nation with such influence over the Internet would continue to retain as much control as possible, but through behind-closed-doors discussions between the U.S. government and outside influences, the United States has recently decided to give up that control to a private organization called ICANN, which most believe will be influenced by globally cooperating and overseeing authorities like the UN. And we have just handed all of our authority to another party. Why would the United States hand over that kind of control to another? <laughs> entity? It probably makes sense to the governments of the world. See, the governments they look at our trends. They look at the financial problems. They look at everything from a global perspective. They look at nations. 
uh, economies going up and down. They see terror. They see all the problems that people don't pay any attention to. It's more certain than not that they have already concluded a while back that there is no hope for all the individual nations of the world individually being sovereign. They must cooperate in order to solve these problems. So when we see that the United States has transferred all control to the Internet, including all the financial information, to another entity, it doesn't make sense to us. But it makes sense to the world authorities who are now merging because it can't be merged overnight. It's being merged in slow incremental values uh, so that in the end, it's a very easy transition for the average citizen's honor to accept. But I believe this has been in the works for quite a while, but they're not doing it because it was prophesied. It was absolutely prophesied. They're doing it because it's the logical thing to do to take care of the citizens of Earth. And what of the freedoms of Americans regarding free speech on the Internet? Well, many believe a globally controlled Internet will, of course, result in a globally controlled standard of what one can and cannot say online, all in the name of global stability. Of course. Essentially, what has happened is that the United States gave away the ability to control the, the free speech of the American citizens. This is, this is nothing but one step away of censorship where we could be, in the future, controlled by another authority. They will tell us what is allowed and what is not allowed. In other words, if, if your actual speech is no longer under the control of the laws of your country. It's moving toward a one-world government. But is it really that surprising? The populations of the world have already been crying out for change. And change is exactly what we'll get. Uh, and there's this desire, a readiness for change. And the Bible says that when that change happens, unfortunately, it's not going to be good. There's going to be new power structures in the world, a new order of the way we do commerce, the way the political alignment of nations are. Those things are all going to change. And I think people are ready for it, but I don't think they're aware of what the eventual ramifications of those changes are. So what are those ramifications? After all, most people are beginning to believe that in theory, this could usher in a new age of equality and stability. So just as it was believed that the formation of the EU would end regional instability, doubling down on the rise of a new world order will also be perceived as the solution to worldwide peace. But according to the prophetic timeline, only now will the stage finally be set for the conclusion of prophecy and the fulfillment of our faith. This fate was never forced upon us. We chose it willingly. The one world government wasn't like what you would expect, but nothing ever is. There was no new united earthland or erased national borders. 
there was no evil government that enslaved or trapped the human race. Most of that we did to ourselves already. In reality, it was a unity that felt far more natural, like a global awakening that we were all in this together. In the name of stability, we created new unions and globally superseding laws that everyone believed would protect us. We believed that the only way to have a perfect world was to create it ourselves. But just as with attempts found within the pages of ancient history, our modern-day Babel was destined to fail. I realized that despite what we hoped for or wanted to believe, the world is a prison and we are all sentenced to death. So, it was only after losing everything and everyone that I realized the world can't save me. It never could. But even amongst the darkness, there is a light. And it wasn't until I truly let my life go that I was able to find it. A way and a truth that finally set me free from these chains. But the world. Well, the world was still in bondage. So, the people sought to raise up a new hope that could save us all. But in truth, they were raising up death itself. All right, Joseph Gibson here, podcasting. You understand the times of storing our republic. Uh, um, that's uh, pretty well said there. At the end, we, we are choosing this life for ourselves because... And how many times have we tried to come up with solutions on my podcast show about, you know, restoring the republic or a freedom? And what can you do? Because who are you fighting? You're fighting ghosts. You're fighting what? Ideas. You, you know, this, this evil out there. What are we going to do? You hear the idiots out there. We're going to arrest them. We'll arrest, who are you going to arrest? You're going to go to the state capitol and arrest who? A chair? A desk? Well, who are you going to arrest? The politicians. The government. Who's the government? You're the government. You need to arrest yourself. Doesn't the Constitution say we the people? We the people. We should be arresting ourselves. Politicians, they're put there because they did that what? You put them there. They didn't do the job. It's your fault for reelecting them. Listen to the people. I got a next door app here. The, the, the sheriff in my county. The guy, he, they love him. And he's the most unconstitutional idiot there is. And now he's going to run for lieutenant governor. I go on the app, I say, look, he ran a jail that had five desks, five inmate desks. That's the only sheriff's department in, this, in the state that has had this happen. And you think he's doing a good job? I can name dozens of other things off the top of my head. 
that he's done a terrible job doing as a sheriff. The crime has gone up every single year that he's been sheriff. Thanks for all you do, Sam. That's what they say. Yeah, that's what they say on the app. The, the, Thanks for all you do. I'm going to support you. He's a great sheriff. I just moved here three years ago, but let me tell you, I really like him. Let's see, just get a comment. Duped. The people, they want it. They're going to want the new world. They love it. They bend over. Yeah, give me some more. You know, they love it. The masses. And if you get, if you say anything to them out there, they start, you're a racist. You're a Nazi. You know, automatically, and everybody's got to cower down. Oh, God, I don't want to be called that. I'll lose my job. You know, I don't care. Call me a racist. Call me whatever you want. I don't care. I know what I'm talking about. Freedom. Real freedom. Individual freedom. The Constitution. Second greatest document other than the Bible has been written for people to try to live by and govern themselves by. Problem is, we don't govern ourselves by that. We, we're in constant confliction with with the Constitution. Code enforcement officer that violated my Fourth Amendment rights. He inspected my property when I wasn't here. What the hell does he have the right to do that? Who the hell does he think he is? He lied when he took his job. He swore an oath to protect the Constitution. To serve the Constitution, take an oath. He violated that oath. He broke my Fourth Amendment rights. He violated me, my Fourth Amendment. I take that very seriously. It didn't stop at 12 noon yesterday, my Fourth Amendment. I don't remember signing it away yesterday morning sometime. I don't remember waking up in Russia anytime yesterday. I'm in America. I have a constitutional right, God-given. Who the hell do they think they are? But they do it. What, what kind of job is that anyway? Going around violating, violating people's rights. But we allow it. Thanks for all you do. You know? Yeah, we love it. Oh, we got to be protected, you know? It's a good thing. It's a good thing, you know? I mean, you could have been burning a tire in your yard. That's toxic. Yeah, but meanwhile, they're spraying in the air chemicals on, down on you. You know, why don't you look up at the sky? Get your head out of your ass. You know? Why don't you complain about that? But again, the people will want it. They'll love it. When they crash the banks and take all your paper money, you will demand for that digital ID card to go out shopping because you'll be out of food in three days. You will have to have it because you don't have a yard big enough to plant a garden and already growing season's over. So how are you going to survive? Do you have a three-year food supply? Do you have food? Do you live on a farm? Are you able to make your own food? Are you able to survive? What about electricity? Got any solar power? Got any generators? All kinds of stuff. You are dependent upon the system. You won't last. You're not prepared. Most of us aren't. Because we were not taught this. We weren't told this, even though the signs are there for us to know that this stuff is coming. I've been screaming it on this podcast show for 10 years. You know? I mean, I just don't know what else to to say or do. I've been up and down, jumping down, trying to unite people. Not to tap. I don't want no bloody revolution. I'm not trying to do any hurt anybody. But people will make it out that way, though. 
They sure will. They'll twist it around. You Nazi. Yeah. You're preaching freedom, you Nazi. How stupid does that sound? How stupid does that sound? That's what I just said right there. Idiocy. But people say it. And they only say it because the guy behind them said it. Because they have followers. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I threw a $20 bill. You know, yeah, they're, you know, they're just, they just follow. There's no leader. None of you are leaders. Lead. Be a leader as an individual. You don't have to have 5,000 people at the Capitol to do stand your ground. It would be nice, but it doesn't have to. You don't have to do that. You don't have to get a – you know, you're on – you have the power of the Internet, man. You could talk to anybody instantly. You have the power to post bulletins, blogs. People can read it. You have the power to email people. Man, oh, man. I offer websites to people. Hey, you know, just tell me to go in there and use it. The database is already connecting you with people. You can write your own message. I don't care. It's still people are scared. Oh, my God, I don't know if I in there, Joe. I don't want my ball comfortable. I don't give a shit. You think I care? My password. I don't give a damn. You know, people are weird. You, you're a patriot? I got one guy here two, two three years ago. I said, getting on, we got on the team viewer there. I said, yeah, can you help me out with my computer? We're doing something or whatever. Oh, we're like, oh, I want to see what you got on your computer. Why am I trying to hide nothing from you? You're a patriot, aren't you? You believe in what I believe in? What the hell? Are you you going to fight with me one day, hopefully? I mean, what, what? What's on my computer? Ain't nothing on there. Don't worry. I'm not hiding nothing. Like, what people are weird? Strange. Good Lord. No wonder why we're in the position we're in. No wonder why. Knock it off. Please smack yourself in the face. Come on, smack yourself. Wake up. What the heck's wrong with you, man? I just don't know. You know, the other night when the black Chewbacca show or whatever the hell he calls himself. And they invite me on the show. And as soon as I get on there, they start insulting me and threatening me and yelling at me and... I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you, boy? And I said it on purpose because I know with black man, you call him a boy. I'm right there. And I'm, I knew it. You're a white supremacist. You? And then, then they really went to town. After I, I said, you know what? I'll leave the porch light on for you anytime you want to come by. Okay? Goodbye. They didn't know what to say to that. Idiots. Some of that crap. I don't care about none of that crap. Anybody want to uh, comment here on the New World Order or where you're at in the New World Order or whatever you want to say? Phone number 657-383-0616. Press the number one, and I'll patch you through. And uh, we got a few private callers here, so uh, let's go down the line here. we got three, actually, so hopefully they're not crank callers. All right, go ahead, first one. Go ahead. I'm unmuted. Hey, greetings. This is Brother Warren at New Orleans Wake Up. They must have been for a reason. I picked your number first. Go ahead. What's on your mind? <laughs> well, I tell you, I tell you, I was I was listening to you saying how the, how those guys treated you on that show. I, well, I would say they would be wrong for that. And if I had to talk to them, I'd tell them they were wrong and out of order for being disrespectful and abusive because you don't have to do that on the blog talk, particularly when you have your own no. show. You don't have to do no by yeah. that. But but let let me, let me say this on the world order thing. You all need to understand what's happening. The rise of China and the strengthening of Russia withstanding against the collective West and the BRICS nation 
the one world order thing is over with. The one world order thing was the United States leading with the U.S. dollar and the EU nations. That's over with now. You're in what is called a multipolar world. Those countries are moving on with their life. They're trading with each other. They're coming up with a monetary uh, a way to trade with each other and an alternative to the dollar. They're actually fomenting peace. They're creating peace in the Middle East, all of that. The U.S.-led world order is finished. Now, that's so, where I have to disagree so, with you. The New World Order was not about the United States. The United States was the not. United it States wasn't them leading it. Look, when the Soviet Union collapsed in 1991, the United States was the single most power on the planet. That's why they were able True. to go into they were able to go into what was Yugoslavia. They were able to go into Iraq. And all of that stuff was against what is called international law. The U.S. has been a rogue thug nation on the planet, and the re- and the majority of the planet has had enough of it. They're moving on. Well, They're then turning away the documentary. US. Explain to me then the prophecy that's foretold about Gog, Moscow, and uh, which it can only be Russia. Okay, that has the armies that comes down from the north and with with Libya, which is in the Bible, Ezekiel, it's there, uh, and Syria, and they come down and they attack Israel, Iran too, now Persia. How how that's prophesized from two thousand years ago? How the heck can they know that? And you and and why do they attack Israel? Well, be, uh, well, I'm I don't, you know I listen to that little stuff that you played. But I'm trying to get you to look at what's happening in real time now as we speak. Yes, they the are term, unifying China and Russia. Yes, they are. Yes. Right. Okay, so I let agree. me finish. The BRICS nations, there are several nations who are trying to join BRICS. It's over with for the United States as the leader of the world. It's over with. That was the one world order when the U.S. dollar no, 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 was no. the, the new world the, order was, was not. the global. <laughs> Listen, they're going to come out with a digital mark of the mark. You're going to have a digital ID card. The dollar is done. Yes, the dollar is finished. Yes, but listen, it but will listen, collapse. But listen to who's screwing. But listen to who's screwing you. Your own capitalist elite class is robbing you. Okay, and the other countries, the the other countries are broken from that. So you can't have no one world government if other countries are going their separate ways. They're not going their separate ways. They're unifying to create a new world order. They will. No, 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 no. Those those countries are unifying to break from the hold that the United States have over them, particularly with the dollar being the global reserve currency. Because when the okay, U.S. So puts sanctions again. on, let me finish. Let me finish. When the U.S. put sanctions on nations like they did with Russia and took all of Russia's foreign assets, these other the countries UN said, did put Whoa. sanctions on them. The U.N. did. The U.N. put sanctions no, no, on no, no, the no. United States. The, the U.S. The U.S. The Biden administration, that whole foreign policy team, led this effort. Okay. Okay. They led the effort. Yes. Okay. So, so but what it, is but happening the UN here? Did it. <laughs> well, no, but and, you, and don't forget Russia and China are part of the who, United Nations. Who, 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 who controls and dictates in the UN? The United States. The no, United States is one of your permanent members. The United States 
is one of your permanent members on the UN Security yes. Council. And yes, all of these right. organizations, the World Bank, hold up, all these organizations, the World Bank, the IMF, is control. The U.S. came up with all of that in the Bretton Woods Conference after World War II. The U.S. came up with all okay. of that. Because Europe no, was no, Russia came up with that. The United States and England came up with it. Three major powers at the end of World War II came up with that idea. But, but, but remember, remember the European countries were devastated after World War II. And when the United yeah, States convinced those, when the U.S. convinced those nations to use the dollar as the reserve currency, the U.S. in effect had control over those governments. I see okay. the other call. And that's why when the U.S. puts – Okay, huh? let me ask you this question, then. Let me ask you this question. Okay, even if you're correct, the United States collapses. All the other – they're going to be assimilated into the one world government. No, 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 no. Listen, no, sir. These other countries are not interested in global control. They're not interested in that. Oh, you the don't US think so? And the, Euro, the, the United States and the European countries called the EU – have done that. They are obsessed with world control. These okay, other let me countries ask you a are question, trying to break free. Let me ask you another question. Other... Hang on. Let me ask you another question. Yeah. Hang on. This is a serious question. Now, the natural gas pipelines and the unlimited supply of natural gas that Israel has now over the past uh, couple of years has discovered. Okay, now Russia provides all, matter of fact, all, I believe, the natural gas to Europe, the European nations. If Israel interferes with that, Okay, and cuts that 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 money supply off for Russia. Let me tell you something. Russia will attack Israel. They will. No, no, they, sir. No, no, Iran. sir. You're, 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 you're incorrect, sir. The sanctions against Russia has allowed Russia to move closer to the east, China and countries in the Asia Pacific. Okay, so Russia has benefited from the actual sanctions that were supposed to hurt it. The explosion of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline led by the United States, we all know that now, that Russia and Germany built together and invested in was to stop Germany from getting close to Russia. So in, in effect, the U.S. has killed the economies of Western Europe to keep them under its control because logically speaking – I'm telling you, I think, it was, I think it was Iran. I think it was Iran that did it because they want to usher oh, in a war against Israel. No, look, look, the intelligence is out. It was the U.S.-led effort. Even Biden said in the press conference, if you ever seen the press conference, when he was asked by a journalist, "How will you stop the Nord Stream pipeline from opening?" He said, "Believe me, we will. We'll do it. We can do it." Biden said that well, before it was done. All right, let me bring on the other let me bring on a couple other callers here. I got some private callers and I got three one four. So let me bring three one four on first and then I got the private caller that can put his hand up second. So let me bring on three one four. Go ahead, three one four. What do you say, Mr. Gibbs? Hey, Pianchi. How are you? I hope you listen to the documentary at least. <laughs> I probably heard it before. But I'm not worried, you know, in respect to I'm not worried about these other countries. Because I'm happy to be here in the United States, and these other countries well, okay. will fall in line. But you know, well, here's the thing. Question, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Here's the thing, too. I don't know anybody who would want to see that happen. I mean, do you know the ramification of that? Hey, you better learn. If if it's China, 
and they become predominant in the world, then you got to change a lot of things, especially your kids have a difficult time speaking English, let alone Chinese, because that's what they're going to have to learn. Yes, that's true. China will impose a communist uh, dictatorship. That's how they rule. Uh, on if they were to invade the United States or take over the United States, or if the United States was to have a natural disaster such as Yellowstone destroy it, and maybe that could be why it gets wiped off the North American continent. Or, or hang on, time out. Maybe that's why they're allowing all the people from the South America countries to come over across from the border, because guess what? People know that North America is about ready to get wiped out from the Yellowstone volcano. And then that way there's nobody living in the South America no more because they all came up north. Bam! The elite go down there and live. <laughs> you know, uh, Louisiana, Louisiana legislature had a bill that was passed that would prevent foreigners, especially your adversaries, from owning land in Louisiana. Yeah, I was yeah. How good is that coming out, though? Yeah, that's that a good bill, but, you know. But let me, let me ask you one more question. Either. I got on the caller. Let me ask you this question. Okay, but the Warren was yeah. talking about he's dead set. He's dead set. Believes that the 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 one world government is finished. That that whatever I just played here for an hour with all the proof and and the prophetic uh, timelines that have been fulfilled and what's on the agenda for the new world order isn't going to happen. Even though it's it's two thousand years ago, it's predicted about Ma- Moscow and Magog and Gog to come down from the north and attack Israel. Because why would they attack Israel? Everyone wants to know that because I just said Israel over the past couple of years has discovered an unlimited supply of natural gas, okay? And and that natural gas, they can farm out to what? Europe, Europe, Europe needs that. They don't have any natural gas. Europe needs that. But Russia is the only one that supplies Europe right now. So, there were, so right now that's a big conflict behind the scenes. Now, if Russia and Iran – and Israel also said if Iran obtains a nuclear weapon, they will wipe them out. Okay. Now the Bible also says Damascus is the city that's going to be uh, nuked. Okay, or big, or something's going to happen there that's going to wipe out many, many people. Uh, I forget, close to a million people, and uh, close to a million people live in Damascus. So if if Israel was to nuke Damascus, imagine how much the world would turn on them, and 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 just imagine the conflict that would happen, and all the chaos. Imagine all that, and all that chaos. What happens? We need peace, right? And this man of peace shows up, and he solves all the problems over there, the, the million people that died in the nuclear war. You know, everything that happens, they fix it, and now we got a one-world government, one-world economy. Uh, you know, because all this is going to happen simultaneously, this one-world currency and everything that's going to happen. And, and, and again, only thing that doesn't play out to me in my eyes is America. America is not mentioned anywhere, and America is a superpower. They are a superpower, no matter what you – I mean – we have the best high-tech weapons. Our, our Raptors and our Air Force are uh, can destroy practically an entire we have Russia on its own without uh, even being. You know, they're, they're, you ever see what those things could do? Those Raptors. But anyway, they're not foretold anywhere. So what can happen to the United States? The United States has to be wiped out somewhere, somewhere down the line. I mean, and that's and the only thing I could think. Well, of you know, the sad stuff. thing about it is that you got people in your own Congress and also in lower governments that. Is seemingly working to see that happen with their yeah, yeah, that's true. association, with their association, and just with the things, the policies that they're pushing forward. You know, with the yep. agenda, all this stuff is, is really ridiculous, but it's going on. Hey, you had Republicans to vote not to censor Adam Schiff. Yeah. 
It don't Let me bring on my private caller call here. Let me bring on the private caller yeah, here real quick. Well, you know, I want to make sure they get. I don't know who it is. So, hey, who's this private caller here? Is this so Sarge? Maybe. Yeah, I think I'm gonna set somebody straight on this here. What you've been talking about? Because uh, right, you know, no arguing, you know, no, no, no arguing over each other. Just one at a no, time. I'm not gonna Please. argue. Go I'm gonna respond to what I heard. I'm gonna. That's all I'm gonna do. Okay. I'm gonna respond to what I heard. That's what I usually do, absent of provocation. But all I'm yep. saying is, uh, is that what he's discussing, as he uh, shakes his pom pom and cheerleads the fall of the United States. Uh, you know, in favor of all things communist China, uh, what he's doing is what he's what he's pointing out, and not inaccurate, not completely inaccurately, is a rejection of what the racist founding fathers warned us against, particularly George Washington, foreign entanglements that are not to the benefit of the United States. We have been ruled yep. by a series of elites ever since the end of the Second World War that have been increasingly involving us in international affairs from which the United States does not benefit. Now, there was an intellectual in the Reagan administration named John John Kirkpatrick. She helped engineer the fall of the Soviet Union. But she wasn't blinded by hubris when that happened. She wrote an article in the early 1990s suggesting that the United States, since the Soviet Union fell, should become a normal country in the post-Cold War world. She warned the United States that policymakers were pursuing this mystical mission that reached way beyond our constitutional requirement to protect the nation's vital national security interests. She specifically yeah. wrote that the United States should not, repeat, not devote itself to trying to establish, quote, democracy, unquote, around the world. She derided and made fun of and ridiculed the idea that the conduct of U.S. foreign policy should be the special province of these almighty elites, these bureaucratic, faceless people like Victoria Nuland and all the other clowns in the State Department that got us embroiled in Ukraine, who do not pay its costs or bear the consequences when they get us involved in all these things around the world. She warned us that these people have a kind of disinterested globalist attitude, and they couch it in these high-minded terms like internationalism instead of focusing well, on the what Gulf is War. The Gulf War. National security interests the United States, like the border, like the border that they're leaving wide yeah. open. And red yep. Chinese are yep. just infiltrating through it like 90 going north. I know. So, you yeah, know, I he's right. I'm not completely hey. disagreeing with him. But it is a rejection of the United States and its principles. It's not an yes, embrace yes. of it. It is a rejection yeah, yeah. of it. Yep, that's not the policy well, you the United know States is supposed to pose policy. Go ahead, Tom, you you know who else talked about that? Madeleine Albright, and she wrote a book called The Mighty and the Almighty. United States is not going no place. A lot of people won't for it to, but it's why? Not going why place. though? But but Bianca, though, why though? But Warren Warren is entitled to his opinion. But why would you embrace China or Russia to take over? Why would you embrace those types of ideologies? <laughs> oh, That's a good one. Oh, it's an answer. I, that. I, well, can, oh, I, can yes, I respond please. to that? Can I respond yes, to that, please, host? Please, please, I, please, without I, interruption, please. I, I support China as a sovereign nation to have the right to develop itself. It's a hypocrisy to say we want to be free, but yet we want to deny other countries the right to develop themselves and to expand. There is no evidence 
that China is trying to take over the U.S. It is a complete fantasy, and it is a diversion from, from the ruling elite, American ruling elite that are exploiting American people and are using finance capitalism to gamble away everybody's money. Well, if we get back to our principles, our true United States American principles, we won't have to worry about that. On that, we got yeah. an agreement. And I'm telling you right now, it is a rejection of what is best in the Constitution and our national interest that has got us in this state. Not because we embraced yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't agree with the and United States interfering, interfering with other countries. I don't think the United States should interfere with other countries. It's wrong. It's unconstitutional. We have no business interfering with other countries. Let, let, I agree. Let me, say, let me say this, too. Let me say this, too. The Chinese people are, they're like xenophobes, okay? They're not interested in conquering no country. Back in the 1300s, the Chinese took voyages on the coast of Africa. They did trade. And then they stopped. They had no interest of colonizing or anything like that. That was the European Western tradition that have colonized the planet. Don't project that on other people because there's no history of that. Well, well ancient, ancient Egypt, ancient Egypt, done the same thing to its territory uh, surrounding too. They colonized. But the thing I was yeah, telling you about Empire, this meeting yeah. at the at the state capital. The only ones the that stood up in that room—they were a regional empire. They were perfectly satisfied with being a regional empire. If they decided to go seafaring, they would have been conquered. You better believe it. All right, excuse me. What are you saying, Bianchi? The, the group that stood up. The group they that did, stood sorry, up in that committee room. Sorry, sorry, they did they did hey, travel, travel on the coast of America and even yeah. documented they went towards America. They did hey, not have uh, the ability to develop the ability to sustain it, which they never did. Hey, seafaring travel and exchange. The Chinese didn't bother to do that. They had they had their own they had their own uh, uh, interest in being a regional superpower and empire and they did conquer their neighbors. Guys, well they didn't have the technological time out please. You guys both cut off Bianchi, man. I mean he was making a point. You guys both cut him off. I mean, come on, man. Bianchi was making a good point. What happened? Let me finish saying what I was saying. Yeah, at that Senate committee, at that state Senate committee room there in Louisiana about two weeks ago, that the people that packed the room in overflowing crowd was Chinese in Louisiana working on a work visa. They was against Louisiana setting the standards that no foreign adversary of foreigners could own land and other government particulars here in the state of Louisiana. It was foreigners. And they had no business doing that because they were not citizens. Yep. What do you say about that, Mr. Warren? You've got to realize, man, the reason the Chinese Empire was so vulnerable to foreign depredation, and why I had to sign the unequal treaties after the opium wars. The reason they had to do it because they allowed themselves to be weakened through their decadence and their internal strife, much as the United States is doing right now. We should learn a lesson yeah. from the history of China. What we may be going is the way they're going, because they allowed themselves to be weakened in that manner. And any great power, it doesn't matter who it is, it doesn't matter. 
They are going to take advantage of it, just they're going to do to us, because we're rejecting the very things that made this country a superpower. Now we are rejecting it. And we better yes, learn. Yes, no, I agree. Well, Mr. Warren, there's evidence. There's evidence of, of foreign influence in Louisiana there. Uh, of of sir, uh, Chinese sir, people. What these that, people, that are, what these people are, sir, sir, in the history of the United States, we have been here before where the Chinese were discriminated against. There was the Chinese Exclusion Act. Chinese workers were attacked, burned, killed. These people are worried about their safety and being discriminated against because they are Chinese. This country has a history of attacking non-white people based off racist beliefs. That's what they're concerned about. You have Chinese who work in tech firms have had to leave and go back to China because in their neighborhood they're being attacked and harassed, so on and so forth. And I can't believe we got two other black guys on here who support targeting our people because of their racial background to harass and discriminate against them. Well, you know, I'm going to tell you something. Over in China right now... Now, hang on for a minute, Short. In China right now, Nigerians are only restricted to a certain area. They can't come no further inland. They have to do their trade and association in a certain position. They can't come in no further. So China is do- Chinese are doing the same thing with blacks in China, if that's what you want to call it. I just want to let this gentleman know that I am not black first. I'm a citizen of the United States first. And what benefits the entire country will ultimately benefit me the most and most black people as well. Now, you fail to understand it because you're a racialist, if not a racist. So I am a citizen of the United States first. First, before any other allegiance. Now, if you don't want to accept that, that's fine with me. But please don't tell me where my allegiances should lie. And you and I both, I am also a citizen of the United States, and I support and defend the United States Constitution against anybody. I don't care what their yep. skin color is, don't care what they height, what they weight, or how they sound. And I've openly said that on my platform many, many times. I'm about the Constitution and the republic of this country, restoring our republic. I've always said that and always on my show. So if other people want to come in here and say I'm not, then, you know, that's their opinion. But I have facts. I have all archived recordings of me saying it openly. So I don't know what else. Joe, I'm not about about to excuse the excesses of the United States, either in its history or anything else. If if you point them out accurately to me, I will acknowledge them and accept them as long as you keep it in context. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm not going to cheerlead for any other country to supersede this one ever because no other country has the sort of ideals this one has. And ideals make a great deal of difference no matter what the defects in the execution may be. Yeah, that's China dangerous. has no idea but power and control. They are a totalitarian nation that doesn't even spare their own people, much less anyone yeah. else. And if you think China being ascendant is going to be good for the world, you are living in a world of utter delusion. Then you know I, I, what I, I else, Joe? You know what else, Joe? I taught so my siblings, yep. I taught my children, my grandchildren, nieces and nephews the same way, and guess what? They do feel the same way. They love the United States of America, and they have—they are what has become a designation called B-L-A-C-K, black. 
Outdoor was it you that had the grandmother? You have a grandmother that's 104 years old or something? Is it, was it you? No, I'm I had a sure grandfather who was 103, and he was one of the most widely me. respected men in the, in the uh, town okay. he grew up in. I heard, he was 103 yeah, I years old. All the white yeah. and the black citizens of the country acknowledged as one of their greatest citizens. Yeah, it really, yeah, I, I, it really I, you know where I learned that, Joe? I learned it from my parents and grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was a black uh, black man that keeps calling to the show. He had a grandmother that was 104 years old, and she was like a history book. And, uh, you know, it was too bad we never got her on. But uh, and this was about five years ago, so she probably passed away since. But, man, oh, man, that would have been great to have her on, you know, a history, pure history. And and, and she, she was – and she, I know that's going to piss off uh, Mr. Warren, but she talked about the days of slavery. But you know what she said? She said she remembers the uh, railroad cars or something, something about leaving the lights on. For, uh, she said for the, the white, how the whites would help the, the, a lot of this, you know, enslaved, uh, uh, you know, that were, you know, that, that were, had it rough. And she said if it wasn't for them, we would have never made it through. So, you know, there was, so, you know, you, you can't, say, you know, say that during that, you know, yeah, there's racism did occur, yes, okay. But, you know, you can't say every single person, and it was a policy of the government to hate and kill blacks. I mean, come on, you know. My grandpa was born, he was a young adult when the Wright brothers flew their aircraft in 1903. He was a very young adult then, like 16, 15, or 16, when they flew their aircraft. Yep. That's what he saw. He, when he was alive, the Ottoman Empire was still in existence when he was born. Wow. It had been, yeah. it was still that way when he was there, but the Austro-Hungarian Empire was still in place. The Kaiser was on the throne. All wow. that stuff. Wow. And you think all that he got to see, he got to live through the Civil Rights Movement. You know, wow. he got yeah. to see uh, Edward Edward Brooke elected senator, the first black senator elected in the United States since Reconstruction. Edward yeah. Brooke. He got to well, see uh, Barbara George. No, no, don't misquote me. Don't, don't misquote me. I mean, the, the, the amount of me. changes he saw in this country is simply incredible. And before he died, he would talk to me about it, that he never thought he would ever see things like this. Yeah, yeah. Don't misquote me. I'm, I'm mistaken there. Yes, there was policies of the government that did do bad things to uh, uh, minorities and, and immigrants that's, that came to the country. That's human yes. beings, Joe. That's you know, human yeah, beings. You know, I know. We if it was slavery that led me to be here, if it was through whatever yeah. means that led me to be here to talk to you tonight, I am happy it happened. And those who yeah, made it through for me yeah. to be here today, to teach and to provide for my children where they don't have to want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I keep telling everybody, yeah. I am happy to be in the United States. I benefited from slavery. My ancestors didn't. They suffered from it. But I'm sorry yeah. to have to report to you that I benefited from slavery because I'm here. And I'm in the greatest country ever. And I've got, I have yeah. prospects I don't think I would have had anywhere else. I benefited from slavery. And any black person who's happy today to be living today in the United States benefited from slavery. There ain't no getting around it. That's a good point, Sarge. That's a good point. I mean, I just don't see why no one's happy about, you know, I, yeah, there's still a lot of corruption going on. I agree. I'm Look, I'm on here spewing it all the time. And I'm the corruption that's going on with this government. You know, I can't stand it. But doesn't but but I'm not gonna hate my country, hate my flag oh, and, and hate all my people. Doesn't make any yeah, sense doesn't. whatsoever. <laughs> Unless you just hate it, it and you doesn't. want to subvert it. 
We got a word for that. Yeah. Reverse it. You know, we know they're calling calling Donald Trump that because he wanted fair treaties, fair trade treaties with communist China. Oh, he's a traitor. He didn't let 7 million people come across the border unvetted. I know. I got a word for it. I got a word for traitors who do things like that. Yeah, and the key word there, Joe, is fair, not free, not free trade, it's fair. The only trade that you yeah. should have that's free is between state to state to state to state. But when it comes down yeah. to other countries, it should be fair trade. You know, it's like I said, too. I said in my, when I was gibbering off there or whatever. I mean, Warren, you're allowed to talk here. I'm not going to cut you off. And I don't, I don't want anyone cutting him off either. You know, but well, I, well, to have, I, I want to see this. I, I want to see, I want to see this. I, I don't know how these other two guys look, but I probably, me and my family probably, appear more racially mixed than these two guys. But one thing about my family, they had human dignity. They were proud of their African heritage. And what these guys' parents taught them, I can't relate to it. But my parents and my family taught me something different. Okay. Well, well I appreciate I'm all for highlighting those differences. I am happy to have differences from you, just as you are from me. And I say to you that what I believe, I believe is infinitely superior. And I will and always I, and think I that, respect, and I'm sure you'll think I the same. Him. So what we need to do is contrast our him. differing viewpoints against each other. That's what we need to do. I respect but you know, him for having you know, you guys, but you know, but you know, none of you guys, none of you guys could be comfortable. None of you guys, none of you guys could ever be comfortable coming around my family because they would listen to you and just see how pitiful you two, you two are. Wait a minute, no, 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 well, no, no, See, my father was whining and wiping all the time. That is pitiful to me. Let me tell you, you something. Let me tell you something. Me with the whining and the grievance and the hatred for your from, country. I come from. You I come from. To me. I come from different stock than these two guys. I'm my glad family, I'm my family, you, got that, you got that right. Okay. You, you know, I come from different stock than these guys. These guys, these guys, these guys have no human dignity at all. They sold and compromised. At least we do. At Do you see? You see the bile that comes out of him, the bile that creeps from his guts. He can't help himself. He's a Marxist. That's why he loves Red China. Yep. <laughs> and here's um, another thing. Warren, listening to you, I mean, uh, listen to you, Warren, with all due respect, I wouldn't want to come around your family, and my kids wouldn't play with your family kids. I've already said that with people that's, that we grew up in Missouri with. We wouldn't play with you. We wouldn't come around you. You got the right to be like you are, and I respect that. But please, leave me alone. <laughs> well, I don't think you should be putting you down. I don't man, think you should be insulting you. People in that, in that documentary of what is a woman, man, after a while when they just can't persuade you to the righteousness of their cause, their fangs come out, man. The hackles on the back of their neck yeah. rear up. Let me say that, but host, but host, but host, let me say this. If if I'm allowed to live to 2030, you'll see that China will be further than where it is now, and all that talking y'all doing is just a waste of air. There's nothing you're going to do. People like you to take us down this primrose path we're on. You just may be right about that. But I'll tell you one thing. People like me are going to try to make sure it doesn't happen. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah. And oh I like wow, that. that's I funny. Like that's funny than a Richard Pryor joke. That's funny than a Richard Pryor joke. And then we have a revolution. I'm trying to ask him what makes you think that that's going to happen by 2030. I won't fight alongside you, Mister Warren. That's that's right because that's right because that's right because you're absolutely right because I already know. If a race war break out, I know what side I'm going to be on, and I know what side you're going to be on. Yeah, we do too, baby. That's where we got our rifles zeroed. I got my rifles zeroed. I'll probably be shooting at you. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're talking about race war. Wait a second. How did we get from China to race war? You see how he brought that up so quickly? You see the way the they militia, yeah. the, the, the white the race race the white, this the is white what they are. Militia. Listen to them. Believe them when they say what they are, Joe. <laughs> do, do white Man. racist militias speak of race war as documented by intelligence? And so I'm letting these two guys I know. Never that, heard that, that, I'm letting these two guys know. I'm letting these two guys know that I'm going to be on black people's side, and I know what side they're going to be on. I'm going to be on the okay, side of the Here's the thing, Warren. Why do you keep bothering me and Sorry? We don't agree with you. Just go ahead on by your business. I was on the show. I no called the show. I didn't you call. Say. I didn't call. I didn't, I didn't yeah, call. Yeah, but you keep missing. Well, what two guys are you talking about? Look, what sir, with the African name. Look, sir, with the African name you adopted. No, no, I didn't call no. to talk to you. I didn't call Listen, to talk to you. What two guys? What two guys are you talking about? My goodness, I'm well, just I, I don't know why the distrust and disdain for each other is. I just don't understand that. I mean, I, I just don't understand why you would assault them. I'm not talking to you. What I mean, I'm telling you, this guy is so utterly predictable. It's pitiful. He is the pitiful yeah, one. It's really ridiculous. He's I mean, come it's really on some of his nonsense. yourself. When you look in the mirror, you hate that portion of yourself. 
You need to get away from that, man. It's going to cause you to really? lose sleep at night. Really? 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 I didn't create the laws of racial classification in the United States. I didn't create those. Your buddies did. Your buddies created those laws of racial classification. And they got yeah, you, Yeah, Democrats, you tend to ally yourself with. You're absolutely right. You're Democrat ally buddies. And, 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 you, and you seem to hate all of yourself. Hate the Africanness in you. You and the you other guy on this line. Got you, you know, you Democrat got you, ally Lord. buddies about the racial classification. You know, one drop makes you 100% black. Hey, it was your Democrat Lord, racial party you, that did you that. Your, part of your that. biological makeup is the molasso. It's nothing wrong that with it. That's, that's how you are. Hey, I don't, I don't hate you for it. I don't well, hate you. Start, hang on, Bianca. I will say I this about you. Mr. Warren. I will say this. I will say this. Hang on. I did bring up what happened on Shabaka's show the other night. I did. Now, I'm going to be honest, because I, I always tell the truth. He did say he disagreed with the way they treated me on the show if they did do what they, I said they did, which they did. So he did say that. So I will say that. And, and, and then what they did was absolutely disgusting, actually, because they invited me and, on. And let me say this, Joe. Joe, let me say this. Yo, yo, let me say this with all due respect. You have to be careful of a lot of the black people you come across on these social medias because, like, these two guys say they get paid. Even the ones who sound like they come across as black radicals and stuff, you have to be very careful with them because I ask myself, why would these two guys be on the so-called black radical show and talk real smooth with them? So there are a lot of shenanigans going on out in social media. So you have to be very careful with a lot of characters out there, and these two guys on the line are some of the characters out there. Uh, the reason I talk <laughs> yeah, right, I calmly with of the one world government that really in essence had already been in existence. 
And so the role that China is playing in leading this multipolarity in Russia, in uh, South Africa, in Brazil, Iran, and there are other countries lining up to join on the BRICS. Now, it doesn't mean the United States is going to fall as a nation. What it means is the United States won't carry that global leadership it once had. That's what that means. It doesn't mean the dollar is going to be gone. No, the dollar is going to be here. The dollar is still going to be a strong currency for quite some time, but it's going to lose its edge in terms of a global reserve currency. The but other countries in BRICS, the, the BRICS, the BRICS nations are not trying to make their currency be a world currency. In fact, if, if, if when they trade among each other in commodities and things, they're coming up with uh, a monetary unit. But everybody's going to keep them. The yuan is going to be Chinese, right? That's going to be Chinese. They're not trying to make that a global reserve currency the way the dollar has been. So this is good for everybody. This would be good. Multipolarity would be good for Americans. Because they then, can't do that, Warren. The, you want to know why? They can't do that right. because they have to dump the debt that they own of the United States, and they can't do that. So they have wait, to wait, wait. Reason, You know something else, too, Joe? No. I trade, yep. I trade and Forex and other currencies. I trade Forex and other currencies, and it's always those other currencies against the United States dollar. It teeters yeah. very, very stable, even with crypto. Even they have a ERC, a TRC twenty or ERC twenty, it's teetered to the United States dollar. It varies very yeah. little. But China, China artificially the Mexican peso, the Mexican peso is running very strong against the U.S. dollar at the moment. The Russian ruble is one of the best performing currencies you got, and that's under the most draconian sanctions that you've well, ever seen on any country ever in world history. Because Russia is what we once were. Russia is a country that makes things and sells things like we once were. We're now become a country of hedge fund managers and bundled derivatives and all kinds of derivative credit swaps and all this financial rigmarole rather than actually manufacturing things for the most part that people want to buy. Everything that's going on now is a rejection of fundamental American principles, and you're complaining, and you're, and you're pointing out that we're failing because of it, which we agree with. We're telling people, get back to the America that rose to become a superpower. That country will once again be a superpower without having to entangle itself in international entanglements. The only way, the only incentive for the U.S. to reindustrialize is as those other countries trade among each other in other currencies outside the dollar, the dollar would have to recruit, regroup another way, and then that would be the incentive to reindustrialize. At this point, the financial class, the finance capitalist class, have no interest in investing in any manufacturing or American jobs at all, and those are red, white, blue Americans on Wall Street. Well, you're exaggerating it a bit, but I don't fundamentally disagree with you. Now, on that, we have some clarity you know, and agree. Uh, but, that's, but that, but that is know, not the way things are supposed to be either. You know, when it comes down to the key components for making development of a country, they still either coming to the United States or they're going to Europe. They the come Chinese, to General Electric the Chinese United States. 
Uh, all the, the Chinese, the Chinese, the Chinese, the Chinese tech people, people are leaving. The Chinese tech people are leaving the U.S. because of the harassment that they're facing. They're going back to China. They should be. They've been stealing information. And, and the Americans don't have the Americans don't have the skills. The Americans government on behalf of the Chinese government. They are obligated legally to spy for the Chinese government. That's The Americans do not have the skills techs to keep up with the chip industry and so as a result America is losing America is losing the the high skilled people that they had in these tech jobs and Silicon Valley and other places, them people going back because they they being warned. One hundred US dollars. You know how many you need one thousand seven hundred and eleven Mexican pesos. To one hundred American dollars. So look at, look at the performance. Look at the performance of the peso in the recent days. Okay, it is, said, it is yes, strong. It is matching strong against the U.S. dollar compared to what it had been. Well, actually, no. It's gone. Actually, no. Well, it's no actually going down. You're not reading. There's no article you're reading that's telling you that the Mexican currency is weak compared to the dollar right now. You're not reading that. Sure it is. Yeah, I'm reading it you know, right it's now. It's strong. Yeah, it's not wrong. Yeah, I mean, what are you talking about, strong or better? It hit rock bottom, the Mexican peso of last year, and so it can only go up. Like the charge was saying, I mean, it was actually hit zero under zero. I mean, it was terrible because of the pandemic. So, I mean, they were getting nothing for a peso. So, but it has gone up a little, but, but still the exchange rate is terrible, terrible. I mean, you're $100 down in Mexico. You can live like a king, you know, I mean, come on. So you can't sit there and tell me that that's good. And look at Venezuela. Look at Venezuela. 2014, they were a thriving country and China and Russia got in there and look what they turned up like. They're eating each other now. You know how many Mexican pesos it takes. You know how many Mexican pesos it takes to equal one U.S. dollars. Right presently, it's seventeen point zero seven. You never yeah, see it one to one. You don't see it one to one. That's why arbitrage never. works so well. Yep. Yep. I mean, you'll never see that, Warren. The dollar, even when the dollar is weak, even when the dollar you, is if terrible. You, if shape. you look. If you carefully look up, why don't you write Mexican peso in Google and look at the news stories about the Mexican peso, like recently within the last hour, day. Do that right now. Put Mexican peso and put Google that and put news. All right. Well, what news? Mexican news? Of course they're going to say the Mexican peso. No, no. Go to Google. Go to Google, (laughs) sir. Go go to Google and type. No, you're going to see different news sources and outlets reporting on the on how the Mexican peso oh, Mexico, is growing stronger. Pe- but, why, but why, though? What is so great about the Mexican peso? Who would want to live in Mexico right now? They're all coming a up lot here. Of Amer- a, all over coming- a million Americans over a million Americans are living there right now because they find it affordable compared to what they have on a fixed income. Well, you're right, because you can go down there and live like a king for 10 bucks, you know? I mean, <laughs> well, you just asked the, you just asked the question, who would want to live in Mexico? But I wouldn't trade that for a I would not trade that. You also could buy diabetes drugs and other drugs cheaper, the same brands, than you do in the United States. You're right. You're absolutely correct. But you know what? That doesn't mean I'm going to flee my country and, change and not stop the inflation and the corruption because inflation is happening no, for a reason. No, that, no you may not do it, but a whole lot of Americans. You, you may not do it, but a whole lot of American citizens are leaving the United States to live in other places. 
Well, they're traitors. They're traitors to the republic then, you know? That's all. If they flee because well, times are hard. I don't know if they're traitors, it, Joe, but I'll tell you one thing, well, man. You know, our inflation rate is just definitely drugs, big to the, to the cost of energy. And Joe Biden has enacted policies that deliberately cause the price of oil to rise. Well, there you go. That's true. That's true, too. And he's giving future evidence of future policies that's going to make it even worse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you you how you can deny that uh, uh, warrant, the uh, pipeline being shut down. You know, that was terrible. What that was, the Biden shutting down that pipeline, sixty thousand jobs right off the bat, the first day of the in office, we cut sixty thousand jobs. You know, I mean, let, let me tell sad. you something, that's Joe. Sad, Joe, Joe, let me say this statement, Joe. I will be doing upcoming shows examining China, China's rise, uh, based off information, based off logic, based off, uh rational mm-hmm. and informed discussion. Okay. Okay. So, so what I, want do you think you, I want you to I, I, I want you I want you to accept this. There's nothing you can do or anybody on this line to prevent China's rise. Okay? Sure there There's nothing you can do to stop it. Sure there is. Sure there is. I'm running yes, the public no, office. No, 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 don't don't delude yourself to help stop it. I'm not don't delude, don't delude yourself. You you will not stop you will not course, stop not the manufacturing center of the globe. You're not going to stop them. I will. Well, Ryan, that's a silly scenario. Well, it is a way to stop it. So we're going to point out those areas where their rise is costing us, and we will oppose China on those bases. Now, if that yep. doesn't work to stop it, then so be it, because we let this exactly. happen. China would not be where it is now were it not for the United States and the fact that we open up the door for them by giving them most favored nation trading status. You also have to acknowledge that as well. China is a lead in AI. China has... <laughs> China is also. How do you keep, where you getting this information? That's because your kids don't. That's because your kids don't learn. Hell, look at black I kids getting, getting this information. I support. I support China. I stand with China, and I will stand from the Nobody cares who you support, man. That's your business. Go ahead. You ain't supporting them in no money. If you look at a ten-year chart, U.S. dollar. The Chinese remember it looks like a roller coaster. The highest is yeah, been well, is what it is right yeah. around now. It's about seven dollars. It takes seven Chinese yen to reach equal one U.S. dollar. Again, Warren, how are you supporting China? China seem to realize that the United the China would not be nowhere near where it is not now were it not for the yeah. United States opening up world trade to China. Yeah. How is he supporting China? How is he supporting China? I stand with China. I stand in solidarity. I stand in solidarity with China. I stand against solidarity with China again. He's just oblivious to what he doesn't want to believe. I'm trying to find out why he supports China. You guys can talk about China to your blue, black, green, and face. It ain't going to change nothing. Seven percent of Americans, black and white, don't support China. They don't support them. 
The majority of Americans are misinformed about some of everything. They are told lies. Okay? What well, are they being told lies about? That China is a fascist Marxist state that only allows free market uh, uh, prospects to 10% of its population. And, 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 and you ain't going to do nothing about it. And you ain't going to do nothing about it. And you ain't going to do nothing about it. Never. Another thing is, if you out in the backyard hunting for food, if you out in the backyard hunting for food, upcome bubbling crude, that don't belong to you. That belongs to the CCP. Again, what what what's going on here? What are we misinformed about China, with China now, Warren? What are we being misinformed about? You're, you're being told complete lies about China to manufacture consent. Okay, what did we say tonight that was a lie? What did we say tonight that was a lie? What's a lie? Just tell me the biggest lie we told tonight. Everything you're saying about China is a complete lie. Okay, that doesn't answer the question. Name the biggest lie we told. Pick one of the biggest lies we told and tell me what it was. You are not telling the truth about he China. China developed China China's lies China's 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 economic rise is from his own Yeah, yeah. See, see one thing about well, this guy, Joe, you know, he likes to scream he likes to scream and yell because he can't have a rational conversation. I wanna make sure everybody knows it. Well, hang on now. He didn't answer the question, uh, but, so I'm gonna give you one more chance. What did we lie about with China? You lie, you lie about is- China's you lie about China's human rights abuse. You lie about China having its own agency and developing its own technology, its own economy, investment in its own infrastructure. You lie about that. You lie about China trying to take over the United States. You got no evidence of that. All of that is to create is to manufacture consent. For a cold war okay, and possibly okay, a hot war. Out, just out, like you would lie to. Just, hold on, no, no, let me finish. Let me ask you a question, Joe. Can I, I ask you a question? Evidence. Joe, can I ask you a question? Okay. Was the American people Was the American people lied to about Iraq? Yes or no? Well, I'm China right now. Hang on. Was the okay, American people lied to, to about Iraq? Was the American people lied to about Iraq? I will answer huh? that after I answer China. Let's stick to China right this second. I asked you, what did we lie about China? You gave me a whole bunch of stuff about human rights, this and that. Now, time out. You're I lying, did a show. You're lying, I about, can I you're lying about China's. You're, you're lying about China's human rights abuse. That is a lie. I had a human being. That's a lie. Human rights since you say we're lying. Had, How about if we give the I evidence had, for it then? Uh, then we'll yeah. accuse us of lying. Yes, you will. I but had, at least uh, you know what the evidence is. I had a man, gentleman on here named Mitch Gerber. I had a gentleman on here named Mitch Gerber. He was an exchange student. Okay, he came onto my podcast and testified firsthand about the human rights abuses, the organ harvesting, and many other things that were happening over in China. On my podcast, free, he was on Alex Jones' InfoWars also. He was on the O'Reilly Factor. Okay, so that's a lie. I do have proof. Okay, I have a testimony from a human being. 
Well, the next is, Joe, why are you so concerned about China's human rights abuse and not okay, Israel's human rights abuse? Okay, now this is not going to be a good You can have freedom of religion here in the United States. If you want to have a girl baby, they won't stop you from having a girl baby if that's possible. That's correct. Yep. Would you would you have international I got international organizations detailing the human rights abuses in China and the evidence they collected of it. And I'm prepared to present it. So, Mr. Warren, there's your there's your evidence right there that human rights violate slavery occurs for God's sake over there in China. No, that's a lie. I don't. don't, No, it's true. My information I have, my information I have counters death. Okay, it counters death. And let me and let me say this. Let let me say this. Let's hold up. Let's let's go with your thesis of China's human rights abuse. My question is, what makes their human rights abuse? Hold up. What makes China's human rights abuse exceptional than other countries' human rights abuse? We're not comparing oh, countries so here. We're talking about China. No, Joe, it's called yeah, being morally Joe. consistent. No, if you so Joe up and stay on China, don't go for the walk Joe, around Joe, the park. Joe, let me finish. Joe, let me finish. If one is so much up in arms about human rights abuse in China, you should be up in arms about human rights abuse everywhere. Uh, well, really, I really, really, Saudi really, Joe, I am. Joe, uh, really, what happened to China? I don't uh, worry about the human rights in China. Leave them alone. That's their country. Yeah, yeah look, because the only reason why I'm worried about China is because they are the next in line in power that is a threat to the United States. Okay? So China yes, is no threat. About a China, the only threat to the United States is the United States itself. I have 25,000 brothers and sisters stationed over in Taiwan. If China attacks and kills those soldiers, yes, and they have threatened to do so. That, that, that okay. would be the United States fault. That would be the United States no, fault. No, That's who no, thought it would be. No, it oh, really? Really? That's who really? thought it would be the United States fault. Because, the, uh-huh. because the, United States, uh-huh. the United States would be the one that instigates something like it did in Ukraine. How is it instigated? And that's what they built in Taiwan, and that's what they built in Taiwan up to to create an instigation like they did in Ukraine. Well, Taiwan is a growing well, country over here. Taiwan, and hello, Taiwan is China. Hello. No, they're not. Would not Taiwan? Yes, they are. Would not Taiwan be against that? That was China. That's China. Taiwan is part of China. The United States even currently has a one-China policy that is violating. Listen, See, y'all don't even know, y'all even know actual facts. Uh, I know that, Warren, but I'll tell you what. What do you think is likely to happen if China decides to enforce that one-China policy by landing troops on the shores of Taiwan? What do you think is likely to happen? Even though we do have a one-China policy, what do you think is likely to happen, They're going to be successful in taking the motherfucker. What do you think the United States is going to do when they try to enforce the one-China policy on the United States? The United States, the United States is using other people. Let him invade, right? 
The United States is using the United States is the The United States is recruiting other people to sacrifice he wants a question for him, that he knows what the answer is that does not support his position. The United States will do what Taiwan. Joe, the United States will not intervene militarily. Joe, the United States will do what he wants. Joe, the United States will do what he wants. Joe, the United States will do what he wants. Joe, the United States Taiwan separated in 1949 from China. No, Taiwan belongs to China. That's internationally recognized. Except for a handful of countries, that is recognized all over. Taiwan is China's. And the United States still today has a one-child policy that is violating. Okay. I've already acknowledged that China has a one-China policy. Now, what will happen if and when China attempts to militarily occupy Taiwan? They're going to be in that motherfucker. They're going to be in that motherfucker. That's what's going to happen. Oh, God. They're going to be in that
very well documented, okay? So what are you talking about as far as strength goes, Warren, if there was a war? The only thing that would surpass us in, surpass China us in is will overwhelm China will overwhelm Taiwan How? in the event they How? have to go in, okay? That's why the U.S. is trying to get all these other countries, South Korea, and other people to try to treat Japan. They're trying to get them to leave some kind of force to fight China. If China, I talk to people in the military all the time. If China even attempts to attack Taiwan, okay, and yes, they will overwhelm the island most likely. They will be pushed back so fast your head will spin. We have enough technology, and we have our – listen – we have our Pacific fleet already over there, so they we have technology. Trust me, that will blow the minds off those Chinese people. Don't worry the about Chinese, it. We will. Let me remind you, Chinese have Chinese have nuclear nuclear warheads. You do know that, huh? No, they don't. No, they don't. They don't have yes. nuclear warheads. Okay. They have the capability of reaching right. the United right. States okay. mainland. No, they do not. All right. No, okay. they do not. All right. What are they going to do? Carry them in their pocket? What are they going to do? Carry them in their pocket? Okay. Okay. They don't have the delivery capability to hit the United States okay. mainland. All right. They don't have it. All right. All right. So, but here's the thing, Warren. Why don't you go volunteer with China's army and be yeah. on the front line when they go invade Taiwan? <laughs> and then you'll know firsthand. <laughs> you know, I don't. I just never heard somebody say that card. they pick up a communist You can be a war correspondent. You know, and it's another 10 years before they even get close. That's if we stopped today with our military budget and Chinese, China kept on. It would take them 10 years to catch up with, with us, with our technology, Warren. So it's, what are you talking about, man, that, what a military force China has? It, 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 yes, it would be a tough war to win, especially a ground campaign. It might even be suicide to go to do a ground campaign right away. But our air power, our naval power would obliterate everything they have. They'd be sent back into third world status if they okay. overwhelm Taiwan. Okay. okay, whatever whatever you want to believe, whatever you want to believe. It's not what I'm I believe. It. It's not what I believe. It's a fact. Okay. It's on paper. Right. paper. You know, paper don't mm-hmm. lie. You know, it's, right. not it's not what you want to believe. Let me ask you this, Joe. If, it, if it's all that, why don't you guys go in and help Ukraine with air power? Because it's for... I don't it's, want it's us not to policy. be in Ukraine. That's why. You know, we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're, it's not our job to go into Ukraine to help Ukraine. It's well, not our job, job to do why that. Why is your job to go into Taiwan? Well, why would it be your job to go into Taiwan? Because we have an agreement with Taiwan, we have state, we have a base there. We have a United States air. We have a base station there with twenty five thousand yeah. soldiers. Yeah. You, know? you pushed so, the so, Ukrainians so, up. You have pushed. It. You have used the Ukrainians to launch a war against Russia, and you don't want to go and back them up. Ukraine Power. didn't want no, to war against Russia. I don't want to back them up. Now, now that we agree, if you agree with me, I don't. What's that? No. What, what are you talking about? I missed the point. What was he saying? He was telling us that we ought to be willing to go in there and fight for Ukraine because we're willing maybe to fight for Taiwan. I said, no, that's not true because I and literally millions of people like me don't want to fight Russia and Ukraine. That's right. We don't want to, and we shouldn't. We shouldn't. It it should not happen. And both of them were allies in the United States in World War II. You know, I mean, this is, yeah. If it I mean, hadn't been for the United States, Japan would have walked over them. The war in Ukraine, actually, I have a lot of mixed uh, feelings about anyway. 
because I believe there's a lot of bullshit going on over there. And who can with the, with the Russia too? Russia is known liars, known, and they have a kind of a communist government there. You know what Putin is doing is wrong. You know, but but again, because it's costing human life, human suffering over there. Now, in the United States, yeah, the CIA, and, and yeah, there's probably dirty shit going on. There is. But that's what I'm against. That's what we're speaking out against on this podcast. But Joe, you don't know. Corruption. You don't know. You don't know all there is to know about those two factions over there. Yeah, I don't. And they you're always right, have had these disputes. Yeah, yes, that's true. They have a long history of battling against each other. They, those Ukrainians can't stand Russians. You know, they, you know, they can't stand them. So yeah, there's a hatred between those two. You know, but you know what? Another thing too. But we're not going to allow the Soviet Union to just march in there and invade another country and take it over. It's just, it's they just, you know, we're going to put sanctions down. We're going to supply arms here and there. You know, it's just the way our foreign policy is. I disagree with it, but I, I again, I'm not on the foreign, I'm not on the board. I don't see all the intel, intel reports. I'm not a part of the CIA. I don't know what's going on over there, hand to hand, and what transactions is going on, what the plan is for Putin. I don't know. I'm just an American over here looking at what uh, Joe, I know. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Joe. You know? I'm going to put it in the chat room. I'm going to post in the chat room right now a very concise 13-minute video about the history of the 14th Waffen-SS Galatian Division, which is still celebrated in Ukraine today, and that's one of the complaints of Vladimir Putin. Now, you can argue with his complaints about it, but he's complaining about the Nazi influence in Ukraine, and that's one of the reasons, amongst others, that he's gone into Ukraine. And I'm going to give you the okay, video. Okay, I've heard that, Sarge. Yep, I've heard that. The, the main reason, the main reason, the main reason, Joe, Joe, the main reason, 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 Joe, the main with Russia, and they feel that as a national security threat, as if the Soviet Union would have put well, I'll tell you what I can do, Warren. I can go to Omegle, okay, and sometimes you, I can come across people that are in Siberia and Russia, and maybe they can get through, and I'll let them tell you firsthand why they're, what, what, what's going on, because I've spoken to those people. All right, so what you're saying is partially true, all right, but that's not the main reason Putin went in. I'm pretty Putin is, is Putin is defending and, Russia and there was a from lot being attacked by Ukraine. Ukraine, Ukraine was being, Ukraine was being stopped. Ukraine was being stopped with weapons, and they were being massacred and butchered by Ukrainians. Ukraine was being stopped as a base to attack Russia. And the Donbass region was one of the Russia. regions. The Donbass region, which is Russian speaking, was one of the regions UK, Ukraine government had been attacking. And the goal was to, for the United States was to have Ukraine be a base to launch an attack against Russia, and Russia went in like they had but to, Warren, to why, break it all up. Why? Why do you hate everything the United States does? I mean, I don't get it. Why the anger towards the policies of the United States government? Why? Because they, they are imperialist, okay? And imperialism is not a human, something to build human relationship with. So why don't you try and to number two, that And number two, and hold up, number two, as an African-American, I belong to a group that has been a victim of exploitation and imperialism. 
So I okay. am, I'm in solidarity with people who you know, fight against you know colonialism and imperialism. One of the reasons one of the reasons why some Africans ended up in the United States was because of imperialistic tactics of where they came from. Yep. It's human beings. Yeah. Human beings. Uh, human you know what? Uh, yep. The United States flirtation with imperialism didn't start until the Spanish-American War, when at the conclusion of it, we got the Philippines and the Spanish possessions in the Pacific. We had a brief uh, 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 interregnum with it uh, at, up to World War II. And by the end of World War II, between 1898 and 1945, the United States divested itself of every one of its colonial interests. Every one. Yeah. They either came in the United States Commonwealth or they attained independence in less than 50 yep. years. Yeah, and you know what? You know, it's historically untrue. Yeah, and Warren, that's and even if it was true, even if it was, why wouldn't you stand up on a side like what we're fighting for, for freedom for everybody and end the corruption? I wish Joe, he hates you because of your skin color. Yo, I wish yo, I wish I wish my older brother who fought in Vietnam was here to tell you how it was for Black Vietnam and how you you had to fight the white Americans in the military and had to come so, to some so, agreement so with the Vietcong. Okay, so he's going to the rest of his life. Uh, you don't All want right. to ask me about that because I'm not authentically black, right? Yeah, no, yeah. You, no, 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 you, you're, you're discredited. What you say is discredited. Yeah, you're okay, fraud. There you go. You're, there's your you're fraud. Well, that's there right. You're months, fraud. But I don't know anything about it. He knows no, all about it. No, you don't. You're fraud. No, you don't. You're fraud. You know all about it because you're a dead brother, and I was there, you cocksucking motherfucker. Hey, hey Warren, <laughs> are you getting, I mean, you're getting angry and starting to revert to You're a complete fraud. You've been watching too many John Wayne movies and war movies. Are you, are you, are you, are you, are you reserving to name calling? You are fucking jobs about good. You look fraud. That's not right. You fraud, young man. Sorry, the veteran. Sorry, the veteran of this country. He served over there. You know, I mean, that's yeah, why we yeah, yeah, right. Like yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, right. Yeah, right. I introduce you. I introduce you to real black veterans. They'll tell you the truth. So, whoa, 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 what's that mean? What, what there's a fake black veteran and a, and a real one? Oh, what do you yeah, mean by oh, absolutely. That? Oh, that. this guy here, this guy here is complete fraud, absolutely. He was saying he didn't serve over there? No, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No. Oh, come on, He might have served, he might have served in the Gulf War. He might have served in the Gulf right, War, but he's he not in Vietnam. Oh, Fuck him. You uh, don't need to talk to him about my service anymore. I'll prove my yeah. service to this cocksucker. If he you puts a thousand dollars on the line, then motherfucker, you better pay me. If you want, I will come and kick your goddamn ass. <laughs> go take the pill and go back on your go back on your Yeah. <laughs> 
Are you angry? Are you angry? You hate angry. You hate angry. You hate angry. And you have met yourself. Yeah, now he's more. talking about me on the most personal of levels. Yeah, yeah that's that's Take your medication, man. It's called it's called delusions of what I'm doing. Take your medication. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. I, 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 I said my policy not to delete people, people, but I, I mean, Warren, you can't you can't attack him. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, listen, please don't insult his uh, military record because I can't have that. Though. But I mean, seriously, I just can't. That's not right. I mean, it's just not. I, I mean, have you seen his military record? I don't. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Listen, you don't have to prove nothing, Sarge. Uh, listen, well, one thing is, listen, you don't do that, Warren. It's not right, man, because I, I don't have – I take his word for that it. That's man what veterans do. That 60-some-odd years old. There's nothing you going to teach him. He's in his it, 60s. He's I'll be 65 he next month. It. I'll be 65 in July. Okay. Man, look, this guy is still working. I know, I know a phony, you, I know a phony when I hear it. I know a phony when I hear it. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll keep it on that level, okay? I won't say anything about you that I don't know about, and you don't say anything about me that you don't know about. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I mean, you guys can argue with each other, but just like, you know, like, Sarge, what if he insulted your mother or something? You know, I mean, that's just not right, you know? I mean, he doesn't do that, you know? I mean, that's low, insulting his military record. I mean, because the man's terrible. He put his wife on the line. Yeah, but see, Joe, I mean, you know, but see, Joe, you don't even, but see, Joe, you don't even have evidence he has a military record. I don't need, yeah, but that's not how it works. You don't, I don't need evidence. But see, you evidence. doubt me. You, see, you doubt me. I come on your show alone. I don't have no gang I members he, I bring to me. I come on your show him. alone. I come on your show alone, Joe, and you don't, you doubt me, but yeah, you got cameras on me. You don't even know. I see. Shut up. You get my DD-214 that'll be certified from the VA. Take a look at it, and then if it shows my combat service, my combat pay, and my decorations, motherfucker, you better pay up. Uh, well, Warren, I've never doubted you if you said you served in the service. You've never said you served. No, no, that, that, you're missing my point, Joe. You're missing my point. I said, what am I doubting? You, you don't, you don't, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You don't want it. <laughs> Sir, I've seen, 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 seen combat pictures of Sarge in uniform and weapons. He is an honorable service person of the United States of America. I appreciate his service. You take your medication, yeah, too, yeah. and go to bed. One more time, yeah. nigga. Put up or shut up. <laughs> now what have we have we And Joe, one thing one thing you all hosts could say, you have never seen me conduct myself the way you see these individuals conduct themselves in a very profane, disrespectful manner. So you know what you know well, sometimes we, you bring you get what you bring. Yeah, well, you, when you insult somebody's service record, that's that's like the lowest thing you can do to to a veteran. I think, I I mean, think it's low. You know. I think it's low for people to embellish a service record or even make up a story that they may have even served. I think that's low as well. Wait, it is. Again, it is. You got no, a dollars, motherfucker. Why don't you put up or shut up? Well, well yeah, you know, get your ass out of here. I got a side bet on that. I got a side bet on that. You want to take it? No, make it five thousand. Yeah. Just 
I'm, I'm taking charge on that one. Joe, can I say something, Joe? As long as, as long as you don't insult his military record, go ahead. Okay, all right, I'm finished. I'm finished. I'm finished with that because I'm I, I, I'm tired of jokes myself too. Yeah, you but, but one thing you have to understand, Joe, about New Orleans, wake up and brother Warren. I have come in this blog talk sphere. These guys have been running roughshod on shows with no match, and I, I'm a match they got to reckon with. Yeah, you have, you have you backups. I heard somebody talking with you the other night. You had somebody talking with you when you were on. So you had somebody, you know, working with you there in the background. Yeah, yeah. For the most part, you're unconstrained by fact or truth. For the most part. You just say yeah. what pops into your little adult head. Anything. You know what, Warren? Warren, I told you this a long time ago. You can't miss nothing you ain't never had. <laughs> and so, Joe, yeah. and so, Joe, the, I am the one that these guys got to reckon with and it's driving them crazy because they can't run roughshod on these shows with lies, talking points, and other crap that they're paid, as one person says, to say. All right? So, now, now, Warren, I, am, I will say. You're the I one who makes the claims about matters of fact that you cannot back up. You do it all a couple the time. times. A couple you times you've gotten me tongue up twisted. The things you say, you just say them. Because you know, Joe, you're yes. you know, Joe, you know, Joe, at least three times this week, actually in one night, when I presented information and documentation, I was muted and kicked off. Now, I'm going to tell you, it was one It happened all one night. I was on Vince's show. And Vince, I was typing in the chat room. Vince couldn't take no more. He booted me out. Then I went on Sally's show. Sally let me in the talk. We were talking about the Electoral College. And I read from a book that talks called We the Elites that look at all of this stuff in the Constitution. They couldn't deal with it. Then I was on this other guy's show, the Conservative Nation show, uh, with talking to Sarge. We were talking about Greece and all that kind of stuff. Then that guy muted me. I bring information, but you guys don't like it. You don't want information because you can't match it. No, here's what yeah, you, you do, Warren. Question. You well, bring information by Greece. But what you do then is say, well, that settles the issue. There's Who nothing the more to say about it. Greece what we do is we take a look at what you present to us, and we either agree with it or we disagree with yeah, it. But, and then we say sorry, why we disagree with it. And then we bring our own documentation to the court. Let me ask you a question. So you act like whenever you present documentation, that's supposed to end an argument, and it doesn't. Sorry, let me ask you a question. Who in the hell is going to be arguing about ancient Greece? Come on, man. Let me ask you a question. They want to about how Western civilization was founded by homosexuals with a homosexual ethic. That's what he said. No, we were talking about ancient Greece. We were talking about ancient Greece and Rome and that the practice of homosexuality was commonplace. And I read No, that's him, not what you said. You said it was foundational. You said it was foundational. Homosexuality exists in all of those civilizations. Name an African civilization where it existed. Name an African civilization where it existed. African civilization. Which one? Which one? I think there's one way to end it. Homosexuality. 
What? One way to end this is do a debate with Sarge one on one and with a moderator. What African civilization was it? Was it this? Uh, a plot, Pianchi? African homosexuality was even in It was even in ancient Egyptian civilization. Get out of here, man. Get, get, name a source. Name a source, Pianchi. Name a source. I ain't yeah, got the name you nothing. You don't fact you don't know. Because you're a damn liar. You're a liar. You're a fraud. You're a damn liar. You're a You're a fraud. You're a damn liar. 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 you are a Joe, I'm not going to address this guy anymore until he takes his medication because obviously he's missed the time to take his pills. And, and I know what a monster is. I'm sick of you bastards. That's what I know. I've been watching you for decades now, and I'm sick to death of your sophistry. That is one way to end it, though, Warren, is have a one-on-one discussion debate with Sarge one, on facts. On oh, no, I would discredit... I would discredit my listeners putting that clown on my video show. No okay, way. You just heard this well, guy's a punk. He don't want to deal with me. He's a punk. That's all you're right. You're a punk. He's a punk, and he knows it. And he knows he's your a punk. He shows up anywhere with me. Your dad is a punk. That's who a punk Okay, now, motherfucker, you asked for it, didn't you? You're going to get it from here on out. And the asshole, you deserve this thing. I don't know why you're resulting in that, man. Jeez. Homosexuality <laughs> oh, existed in, in ancient Egyptian society. Yes, it did. What, what source? I name the God, source. Man. I mean, listen to this guy. He said it was foundational name in Greek source, culture. Uh, name the source. Homosexuality was the reason Greek culture was founded. That's what he said. Name the source. Who the fuck from America? Ask Sally for her, her show that night, and you'll hear him say it. St. Louis, name, name the, the source word. that you made the comment from. I heard you on Liberal Bear the other night, boy. I heard you on Liberal Bear. It all and human beings. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Oh, fraud. Just, just what I thought. You don't have a source. Just what I thought. You don't have a source. I, I got a source. source. That's I, the point. Wait a minute. I spent nine years there. I think I know. What should, well, then you should have a source then, sucker. What's your source? I ain't telling you. I'm not telling you, you don't nothing. Because you, know, you don't know why you come around. You don't have it. You don't have a no. source. I got it. I got it, and no, you, you want it, and you ain't getting it. No, you're a fraud. That's what you are. Hey, hey Bianchi, you can rely on me. If I'm a fraud, you I'm ready to hit this motherfucker with the sources, but like the punk ass he, he is, he is what his fight is. I got well, it. I've heard Bianchi. I've heard Bianchi. I'm ready to deal with him. He's counterfeit. He's counterfeit. That's what he is. He needs to be These are the guys. These are the guys you hang these on, are the guys hang you on, permanent I've heard Pianchi debate. I've heard Pianchi go one-on-one with some people. I disagreed with him one time. He was debating Dr. Peter Ventura, but I'll tell you what. He made a very good, educated debate with him, and so he oh, didn't know his uh, uh, He's a fraud. But, he's but, a complete fraud. He's, 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 he's not the worst for He's a fraud. He's a fraud. He's a complete uh, fraud. I've got my sources. I'm ready to cite my sources. Where are yours, punk? Where are yours? Right now. Right now. I don't need to go any further. I'm running the road with right now. Let's go. You be 
beneath me, boy. Uh, you can't hang with fuck. me. You're beneath me. He ain't got nothing to even know uh, him. He's nothing. He's all hat, no saddle. No cattle, all hat. But anyway, uh, Joe, when you get a chance, go listen to one of my shows I did on China, and you will learn a lot from the guests that I had there on China. See, I have informative well, I shows with guests. I listened to your guests, but I listened to your guests with the one guy you had on there, and all you did was agree with him, you know, and, and egged them well, well, on. Well, I mean, well, wait, 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 don't worry people. about it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Even if I agree with him, well, how can you challenge what he said? Oh, God, how could I challenge something that he says? He hates yeah. white people. Anything I say will be discredited. He, he, he hates white wait, people. Wait, 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 wait. The, the, the guy was a white guy. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. This was, no. Go look at, go look, go look, up, look at the picture of him and look him up. The guy was a white guy. No, it was a show you did about the film. Oh, I don't have the name of the show. He was a black guy. Well, I'm talking about the show I did on China. white Marxist out Who cares what his race is? China, what oh, matters China, is what yeah, group is he telling or not? That's yeah. not what his race is. What matters is what is the truth. What is the truth that he purports to tell? And anyway, Joe, totally like I was saying, I do appreciate But, Joe, let me say this. Let me say this, Joe. With all sincerity, I do appreciate you and the other conservative talk show hosts who do allow me to come into your forum and express my opinions and show that you guys do have some sort of character that should be admired. So I do appreciate that. Well, that, that, well that's, that's good. But hopefully when we come over to your show, though, we're not uh, ridiculed and uh, hung up on. And I'm going to I'm, I'm do a show. I'm going to do a show with you and all the real white people will be allowed to come in and express your opinion and be oh, real, real white people. You're authentically white, you know, Joe. Real white people. You're not complimented by that, Joe. What is that? A classification uh, of funny, color? Joe. Now? I was funny, real white. Yeah, you're a real <laughs> white man. Hey, 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 that real white, white people. Hey, that's one of the special classifications. These comedy What I mean by that, Joe? What I mean by that, Joe, is these two, these two guys on the line want honorary white citizenship is what they, they're begging for, basically. But now, I, I don't like phonies. I don't like phonies and frauds. I like whatever race people. I am. You're the one well, who wants to reject it. Let me, let me say this, Warren. I've spoken to Sarge for quite some time now, quite a few years, and even off the air, even years ago. And he's pretty much stuck to the same uh, things that he believed in all this time, and he's always pretty much backed it up, uh, you know, especially when it comes to history. Read my so, lips. You know, I can't read my yet. lips, Joe. Joe, read my lips. Fraud and fraudulent. No. That's all I got to say. What is it? Is it the black lip or the white lip? Which one do you want him to read? <sighs> Well, you call them a fraud, yeah, but you have know, nothing to back two, it up. They got versions of history. You got a black history. You got a white history. You got a, uh, a lesbian, gay history. You got a feminist theory history. You got all kinds of histories out there. Just take your pick, and that'll be the history you choose to believe. And I'm a request. And I'm a request. Hold up. Let me say this, Joe. And I'm a request to the young man not to enter into the chat room on my shows, as he does all the time. You're not welcome. So don't come in the chat rooms on my show. Wait, are you talking about excluding me? Wait, you want to exclude me from your chat room? Oh, I, that's no problem at all. I don't go where I'm not wanted. Well, I won't be there. Of, I, you get a show, I definitely won't be there for that. Women. But anytime you got you the guts show. to take up the challenge, motherfucker, just let me know. Because I'm right here ready to kick your ass. Just let me know. 
You only kick Damn. my ass in your head. You only kick my but ass in your me, head while you're, your, your, while you're in your while you're in your ward while you're on the third floor. No, but you got a standing invitation to face me in the ring anytime you get the guts and reach down and find your nutsack to get in there with me. Go play with your toy. I got a thousand dollars. I got a thousand dollars toward that. Anybody want to take me up? But anyway, Joe, I'll let you know when I do the show called Pianki the King versus Pianki the Bitches. I know. You're trying to get them riled up. I know. I know. But uh, but you did do a show of black conservatives are hoes, like a garden oh, tool. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, like, uh, like a garden tool. That's right. Because what, yeah, what you well, do with a garden well, tool when you say you do from being comfort dogs, I guess that's somewhat of an improvement, eh? And then, oh, now, let me tell you something, Joe. Tool. I've reached... Yo, this week I've passed 66,000 listeners. My listenership is growing by leaps and bounds daily. I have listenership yeah, around the world. Yeah. I have analytics. Hey, sorry. Valerie had over... Hey, we were on the show just a minute ago over, with about, what, 300,000? Yeah, over 300,000. Yeah, 300,000. <laughs> yeah. So you got a little ways to go yet, but, I, you know, I can wish you luck. Keep working on it. He did do a show that says sixty-three thousand. Wow. This is yeah, that was different between three hundred thousand and sixty-three thousand. Well, I don't think we're at sixty-six. I'm at about facts, Warren. I'm over sixty-six thousand now. Well, it's about facts, Warren. In case you think math is racist, uh, we're about five hundred percent greater than you, me and Pianki. Just let you know. (laughs) I know you think math is racist and all, but still, that's what it reveals. Sarge, Sarge is a history expert. He will. I cannot completely beat him on history, and many people can't. He, he's even gone on to a, a National Socialist show and uh, promoted his knowledge on history, and even they gave him his respect. So I will say that, you know, uh, you know. I, don't know. I mean, facts are facts. I mean, you know, I witnessed it. I heard it. You know, so I mean, I, you know. I mean, and, and people did, some people did try to attack him too, but he he actually got many people stuck up for him. So you know, it's it, you know, I mean, with facts are facts. What's true is true. I I believe in truth, you know, and and, and what Sarge can back up what he says. I will say that. Yeah, truth is truth. The most I mean, vicious you know. fighting forces on this planet has been that of quote unquote the white man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It that's, looks like that's... Western. I'd rather say Western armies. The Western armies have dominated the field of battle ever since they first came on the scene, since ancient Greeks. And that's whether the muscles, yeah. were, whether the weapons were chemically powered or muscle powered, it didn't matter. They dominated every other enemy they came up against for literally millennia. But not for long, Sarge. China's going to get it pretty soon. Yeah, China's going to wipe Yeah, they're going to beat everybody. It's going to time. Even if they were, why support that, though? Why support that? And he did. He, he answered me, though. He said because he was a victim of racism, or and, and his ancestors were. That's why. So I guess he hates Remember, America because of that. What, what did, Joe, what did Muhammad Ali tell the people when he was being drafted for Vietnam? What, did, what was his response? Oh, for God's well, sake. Well, he was against uh, it, of course. Or, you know, I mean, but, uh, but you know. No, what did, Joe, Joe, what did Muhammad Ali, what, mean, was Muhammad Ali, what was Muhammad Ali's response? I, I tell you what, one I, of his responses word was, word, I don't one remember. of his responses was, that if the United States was a terrorist, he would join up and fight to protect it. 
That's one of the things yeah. he said. I don't, I don't remember uh, more than word for word. Yeah, you only watch Wild about his testing. Ain't no Bob Wong ever called me a nigga. That's the only thing he wants to talk about. Uh, uh, see, I can't. See, that's that's the issue. See, that, I, I know. See, I know history, buddy, better than you do. And I know everything yeah. Muhammad Ali said about the Vietnam War because I read well, and studied. And he said he would defend the United yeah, States if the United States was attacked by an enemy. He said that too. Okay, well, what, what, did, uh, what, what did he win his case from? What was the basis of his court case? The basis of his court case was religious conviction, not that he was black. That's right. Yeah. He was a Muslim minister, and the Supreme Court upheld his right to be a black man, and his right to religious beliefs, and the convictions and the existing collective service rules. Hang on, Charles. What did he say, Warren? What did he say? Joe, one of the reasons why to overtalk me is because the points I'm about to make was slam them, and they're trying to prevent that. That's why they want to lie over Notice he's not going to say I said anything that was incorrect. Muhammad Ali made a comment. Muhammad Ali made a comment. You see, you see, you see what's going on? Now he's going to talk about I'm prophetic. All I did was make a comment and wait for you to respond to it. Yo, you should be suspicious when a person acts like that all the time. Without attacking Sarge. Without attacking Sarge, go ahead. Respond. He's attacking me. He's attacking me. You don't defend me, Joe? Uh, yes, yes. Making a response to what you said isn't an Sorry. attack. Sorry is, a, is an American patriot. He supports the United States Constitution, and I do too. Go ahead, Warren. What did yeah, Muhammad Ali say? Why don't you say what you want to say now? And let's see if it, if it disagrees with what I said. What did Muhammad Ali say, Mr. Warren? I, I'm trying. I'm trying to, but you see, I'm being interrupted on purpose. All right, yeah, they will not interrupt you. He's trying to go collect ahead. thoughts. They don't know what to say now. All right, don't nobody interrupt him now, please. No, please, let him say what he's got to say. It's not going to take ten minutes, is it? I mean, just to, you know. Muhammad Ali said a very Muhammad Ali said a very powerful statement. Ain't no Vietnamese call me no nigger. Okay, okay. and that was the, the that was the solidarity. He stood. In fact, if you study black Vietnam veterans, you will find out that the black Vietnam soldiers had an agreement with many of the VC not to kill each other. And if you understand what fragging was, Joe, you know what fragging was, Joe? No. You never heard what fragging? Fragging was when Vietnam fellow American soldiers would take a grenade, pull a pin out, and throw it at each other, particularly their commanding officers. You had race riots in the military. You had black Vietnamese soldiers fighting to wear the afro. You had, I mean, it's very well documented. But this guy you're talking to ain't no Vietnam veteran. I'm telling you he ain't no Vietnam veteran. And I'm telling now, you he ain't you no Vietnam veteran. I want you to just listen to what this motherfucker just did. He just portrayed black Vietnam veterans as mutineers, rioters, and assassinators yeah. of their commanding officers. He's and a fraud, yo. Yo, he's a fraud. Yo, he's a complete fraud. He's a complete fraud, yo. He's a fraud. I'm sorry, he's man. A fraud, yo. You're not going to Convince me that black men in Vietnam, for the most part, were interested in mutiny and killing the commanding officers. Yes, it, it was happened. A fraud. It wasn't typical. It was a fraud. What the fuck are you talking fraud, about, Jim. you crazy bastard? You're full of shit. 
That's why he's acting like yeah, you that. Know what, that's uh, why he's there Joe, was some Joe, there was some Joe, 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 yeah, but what did that have to do with Muhammad Ali? I mean, you said you were going to speak. Because that was the that was the spirit of the moment. That was the political situation that was going on in the country at the time. And so black people who were disproportionately drafted and killed in Vietnam were expressing their discontent with going overseas. We're going overseas. We're going overseas killing non-white people that did them nothing. When they had to deal with them, what were the numbers? What were the numbers on that draft? What were the numbers on that draft? Black versus white. Let's see here. I think you're lying. Let's prove them wrong here. I think you're wrong. Hey, Joe. Unless you can't do math. Let me tell you mine. Let me tell you my experiences during the Vietnam era. He, you died. You died the draft. You died the draft. That's what you are. You a draft. Yo, oh God! Hey, Joe. You're just doing that now. Yo, go ahead. Go ahead. Yo, he I was given. I was deferred. You you died the draft. My you a, deferred you, me. You, you you a coward. You a coward. You didn't want to fight. You a coward. Uh, Bianca, three hundred thousand African Americans served in the Vietnam War. Okay. Three hundred thousand. Absolutely. All right. Now, let's Absolutely. now let's go to numbers. Now, remember, now they make up what 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 percentage of the population at that time? The, the black, black people were disproportionately drafted. Black people, black people were disproportionately drafted and died. That's a fact. No, 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 no. I'm giving you the numbers right now. I'm going to give you the He's numbers lying. right now. He's lying. He's lying. Yeah, it's not true. He's lying. Yeah, I know. He's wrong. You're wrong, Warren. You're let let me pull up wrong. my sources. Hold up, hold up. Let me, let me pull up my sources. I'm going to shut all you down. Let me pull my sources up. Nah. Give me a second. Just, I'm pulling up my sources. <laughs> now, that was, that was one of the main Everybody knows that that was one of the main issues against going to war in Vietnam because black people were disproportionately drafted and died. Liar! How many? 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 How